Get ready for two hours of hard-hitting football talk. Straight from their jocks about the jocks. It's Football on the Know with Jim and Joe. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome once again to another episode of Football on the Know. I am Jim McPhee, and alongside of me is Mr. Joe Capita. What's going on, Odals? Welcome back for another edition of Football on the Know yeah. show. We are locked and loaded, ready to go. I know it's the part of the off season where it's like not so entertaining. It's not, you know, it's not exciting enough for us football fans, but we're going to make it exciting for you because we got some cool things to talk about. Let's go, Jim. Let's go. We got All some, right. We yeah, had, yeah. It's, we, you know, we got a couple of different things that we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about stock up, stock down for the NFC uh, conference, all those teams in there. And we're also going to talk about some of the NFL topics that have hit uh, us of, of late. Um, and if you're new to the show, if you're by chance new, if you just stopped in, uh, welcome to the show, first and foremost. Second of all, if you could just do us a favor, if you could go ahead on Facebook or YouTube, search us up, Football on the No Show, or click the link or whatever. And if you're on YouTube, hit that subscription button, hit that notification bell, let you guys know when we go live. And the same thing for Facebook. Become a member, become a know-it-all. Let's keep growing this football family up. Let's keep talking some football. Listen, don't be shy to get the comments down below. Don't be shy to come out with any kind of questions, even your own opinions, anything that we like to do here. Let's go. I'm I'm excited. Let's go. Let's get into this. Come on. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You know, like I said, there wasn't isn't anything really going on on a whole lot uh, of news. We're making uh, it happen. But yeah, you know, the um, so the stuff that we heard around now recently that's kind of gaining traction is mm-hmm. the Pro Bowl. Everybody's had an issue with this Pro Bowl and stuff. I know. I uh, whether it's you know it's the game, the the way it's played, uh, where it's played, even too, I think which is interesting in itself too. Uh, the, the things, the steps that they've tried to take to get better ratings, more people interested in the whole thing, players actually interested in going to this thing. And they've made many changes and a lot of mistakes in the whole thing. I think putting it the week before to try and get players to come, I think was dumb because that's just going to make sure that they don't, especially the, some of your best players are playing in the big game, the Super Bowl, so they aren't going to go there. And then you put it in Orlando, Florida, which if you're an NFL player and even uh, you know a lot of just – average joe people go to florida for vacation frequently just like it's like a myrtle beach location too as well you go all over uh, hawaii is a bigger thing for them it's a tropical island not a lot of people are able to go to hawaii and so when uh you, if you're not interested in going to the pro bowl first of all at least you get a trip to hawaii for you and your family i mean that's something that to look right. forward to especially at the end of the season uh but again they visited this time and time again they've made some changes they brought back the um skills challenges and things like that i wish they would just keep it to the the players that play that position and just have the competition i don't need to see a wide receiver trying to do a throw a deep throw and get points against another one i really don't care i'm about seeing the patrick mahomes the russell wilson's the aaron Rodgers, things like that the tom brady's go toe to toe uh, but yeah, I mean, if they want to keep that and stuff and, and, and now they're, they're considering maybe just removing the game. I'm actually, I was torn about this at first because, you know, I think again, I'm a traditionalist. I like the way it's a pro bowl game. That's what it is. But when you break it down to brass tacks, uh, a pro bowl recognizes the all stars of the game. Mm-hmm. It doesn't technically, I guess, need to be 
like an all-star game, like Doesn't the way the um, the the uh, baseball does it or the NBA and things like that. They no. should just maybe just recognize the players and maybe have it be again. Bring it back to Hawaii. Uh, is my idea, uh, and then have maybe a banquet about the whole thing or a reward show. Like I don't come say just make them known. You know what I mean? Make a uh, they can make a show out of it, like they do with the draft and things like that. Uh, an event to where they recognize the people who have made the Pro Bowl team, uh, and then have your competitions throughout the weekend. Make it a weekend of uh, festivities and events for the the fans. Yeah, and that's basically what it should be. Is it should be a celebration of the season of these great players that made the Pro Bowl team. And it could be that simple. Just have an event, like say like a Friday night, an evening event where you can promote these Pro Bowl players and who made the Pro Bowl team. You don't necessarily have to have a game because we all know, listen, I've grown tired of this Pro Bowl game. I've watched it when I was younger, uh, leading up to like, you know, my mid teenage years until I started to get a little frustrated because I'm like, why aren't you tackling him? Why aren't you throwing that? Why aren't you making the play on the football? Like, I started to get aggravated because it's like they're not really playing the game the way it's meant to be played. They're kind of going through the motions. Like, we're here, we're vacationing, and everything's great, and we're going to be, like, just kind of like we're on the field, but we're not going all out. We we And I understand they don't want to get injured. I understand that. The offseason is around the corner for them. And, um, and, and honestly, I think it's kind of – it's like a, an old record. It just keeps – it's the same thing over and over, and the players are even getting kind of tired as far as playing in the game. Uh, I know the NFL has made incentives. as like, okay, well, the winning team wins a million dollars. Well, who cares? When you split that up with all those players, it really doesn't make any sense Like for them to – like that's not really much of an incentive. So let's do away with the game itself. And because pe- – let's face it. People aren't showing up to the Pro Bowl game for that. They're showing up for the festivities beforehand, the skill competitions. Who's the fastest man? Where's that gone to? We need that back into, into this, the skills competition. You can have offensive line versus D-line on certain drills. You could, you could do so many different things like best lineman, best D-lineman, in a somewhat of a skills competition. You know what I mean? Who pushes the sled the farthest or something? You, you add weight to it. You know what I mean? There could be a lot of different things. Uh, and, and just like Jim was saying, even when he talked about how he wasn't so thrilled about quarterbacks who has a strongest arm or whatever, but that's still something that they can do. Like, who's the most accurate quarterback? And anybody that is on the Pro Bowl team can enter in any of these competitions. And that, to me, is more exciting than, than, than to watch a game that they're going to half-ass for 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm kind of done with that. So yeah. let, let's get to more of, like, a special event Friday night announcing the Pro Bowl team and then Friday or then Saturday, Sunday, let's have some special events and some and some drills and some contests uh, to make it fun. Right. Yeah. And then and I'm like, like the thing is with me, though, too, is is I, uh, I don't really I'm not into the dodgeball thing either, though. You know, uh, I don't think they should be playing like a dodgeball thing. A lot of people, I think, are into it. It's, it's something different and stuff. But. I, I I think if it's it's not football related, then I'm not appealed uh, you know to it at all. I'm like I don't care. I don't need to see these guys play a dodgeball together. I don't see I need to see how that shows any off any of their no, skill and things like that too. I am for the Madden tournament again too because it's tied together. It could be also another sponsor. EA could be mm-hmm. part of it or, or mm-hmm. whoever. Um, 
and they can show that they still play video games. They hang out. They love the game of football to see. They might even be a better player uh, at, at Madden than sometimes in NFL in certain positions or say, uh, you know, he could beat this other guy, you know, that's a pro bowler in, in a, like an offensive lineman beat a wide receiver at something, you know, you know, other than trying to beat him out and sprinting or something. Uh, so I think it's just, you know, a, a different, an animal there. And yeah, yeah definitely. I, I mean, Definitely. It, what do you think about that? What do you think about just removing some of that though too? I mean, or do you want to keep something like that? Or I, or, I think or, I, I think that like a Madden tournament would be fun for not only the players but the fans because we all know about the big Madden tournament where there's there's guys like us that are playing, but they're like super good at the game to the point where the competition is at an all time high and let's see who the best Madden player is. Mm -hmm. I feel like that would be fun for the players as well because now whoever does and we all know these football players they play a lot of them yeah, do and play even put video some games. money on the line too so yeah, yeah. like just the contest or, or to, to be the best men player for that year for mm -hmm. you know what i mean that would be another cool event that they could implement into pro bowl weekends yeah, or even I think team too. I don't know if this would stir up any incentive, but I know they like to do this because they have charities. Like one of the first things of becoming an NFL player, uh, you you start mm -hmm. your own charity and things like that. Yep. Events to try and get things going. Uh, what about some of the things that you do 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 like the the competitions? How about Say everything? You win, that goes to one of your charities. How about like everything? Not even just money and things. How about I mean? every every event should be uh, you know a charity-driven type of event. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, Patrick Mahomes... You win, it's charity of your choice yeah, or whatever. Exa exactly. You win, and you become the best player mm -hmm. for that. Here's a trophy. Thanks for playing. But also, what's going to be more, you know... What's, what's, what's going to be a greater gift is now we're all, now the NFL is also going to donate 100000 to your to your charity. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That would be cool. Mm -hmm. I like that idea. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, there, there's some of those headlines coming out about the Pro Bowl. What do you think is a good idea for you? I know I've heard a, a few different other things from other people, um, and, and some people thought of maybe a bracket challenge uh, with some of the, sp the sporting events that they do where each uh, division is a team, and then they, as a team they collectively go. So you'll see, like, Dallas Cowboys and, 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 and New York Giants playing together on the same team for that particular thing what and, about and move on into a bracket sort of thing like a, a March Madness. But – I don't know. You could utilize that. And what about doing like an obstacle course? Mm -hmm. Like, because I know they, they've kind of tried to do that in, in, in recent years. Uh, let, you could do that and get like three guys from each mm -hmm. team or mm -hmm. three guys from each division or, or four guys even. And then try to do something like that. And whoever has the fastest time or, or you know what I mean? Whatever, like hits the right. most targets or whatever, whatever they come up with. Uh, that could be a, another fun. You know, event I just thought about too. too, and even different experience, fan experiences where you get to team up with, say, like you know, you see this all the time. It like my my kids when they have like field day at the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, they have like the sack races and things like that. Oh yeah, and yeah, they yeah, have, yeah, yeah. They tie the ankles together. Yeah, yeah. Say right? you and like Tyree right. Kill all of a sudden oh. you get to tie you tie your ankles to your legs and you guys got to win the race. <laughs> How funny is that? Because he can't <laughs> run fast then. No, he, and it all depends on his partner. It could be a young kid or whoever. Yeah. You, you win. You know, they can make it a drawing and somehow, you know, you're able to do it. I think that would be funny. entertaining. And again, you're, it's all about the fan experience, too, is what right. I think they really want right. in this one. All right. We've got Mike Tackett in the house with What's us. What's going tonight. on, Mike? Mike Tackett. Here we Welcome go. Welcome to the oh, show, brother. Oh, uh, he said uh, he goes, I, I went to the skills competition at Disney a few years ago. Uh, met Russell Wilson. Oh, my God. That's taking it back. Russell Wilson, Alex Smith, left tackle. Uh, Work done and Ooh, Derek Brooks. Work done. 
Derek Brooks. That would have yeah, yeah, been that awesome. Was a little, that was a, a ways Russell away. Wilson in his younger years. Younger years think, there, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, Work Done's there, that's too. Pretty, I mean, that's was, pretty awesome, It wasn't a while ago, um, and Work Done was doing something special Yeah, for next charities. thing Mike, uh, Mike writes in, he mm-hmm. goes, uh, remember the quarterback skills competition or skills challenge? What they used to do? They used to. They used to do. Uh, would love that along with uh, le- a Legends and All-Star flag game. Ooh, now I like uh, that okay. idea, though. Because I know you're against the flag team altogether, like, say, the Pro Bowl or something like that. Yeah. But say you get Joe Montana and Dan Marino or something Tim like that. Brown, on like each side. They, the... they, say they pick a team or something yeah. or they get selected. You got NFC, Joe Montana on one side, Dan Marino on the other, and they get flagged, a flag team. You can How about bring in older you know, vets. You could do old, old versus current. Like, you could do Hall of Fame. Versus your Pro Bowl. Oh, that would well, and flag. I guess it wouldn't be matter. Flag it wouldn't, wouldn't matter. Wouldn't I guess, but, right. I mean, but still, some of those guys again trying to get back to it. I mean, that'd be rough because even well, if no. say you did decide you to bring some of these other legends, obviously would have to sign up. Yeah, like you know, you know Terry older... Bradshaw, a coach or something like that. He seems like a could funny kind of coach <laughs> would be funny. <laughs> you know that but... none of the older guys that can barely move, they're not going to go into it. Yeah, yeah. But a lot yeah, of the guys yeah. that are kind of like maybe new into the Hall of Fame, or whatever, like a Tim Brown that could still mm-hmm. kind of probably play or something like that. That might make it a little bit more fun. Yeah, yeah. And he's talking about the old competition. I remember watching him too, and that's what kind of I was into when I when I would watch. I would watch the Pro Bowl game and, and, and the competitions. You got to see those greats go against each other. And that's what I'm talking about when you when I don't need to see wide receivers trying to throw these deep uh, balls. No, you no, know, trying to get the targets and no, stuff like that. No. I'd rather see the two guys go at yep. it. And then if you if these guys aren't going in it because it's the week before the Super Bowl and they want to not risk injury and things like that. Then put it towards the end again. I mean, because now you're switching up right. all together again. You're not trying to get people to draw to watch the game anymore. So switch it back and again, I just make it even make it a different location or something if you wanted to. But I think the the Honolulu, like the Hawaii thing, I think was the way to go. It's a different experience for for some of these guys if they haven't gone there yet. Because uh, I, I know Mike Tackett probably enjoys that he's able to just go to Disney or something like that and see some of these guys in Orlando living there in Florida. But I, I think it's a better draw for some of these players to go to, to Hawaii and stuff like that. So then you do get to see some of these uh, players that are going to play in the big game a week after say, you know, whatever, I get to go to Disneyland if I'm the MVP, but then I also get to go to Hawaii and do this with my family. And I get to do a, a competition where you do get to see like Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen or something like that. Not just in a game where you've got 52 players or 53 players against each other back and forth that decide the game. It isn't a quarterback that flat out decides the game. It's a team game. And, that, and whoever plays the best, you know, wins. It wins the game. That's has nothing to do with this quarterback versus that quarterback. But when we get a chance to do that here, uh, I think that's the way to go. I, th- and that's where the NFL screwed up is when they decided to move the Pro Bowl, you know what I mean, in that two-week radius right before the Super Bowl. So a lot of these th- two teams that are going to that, that championship game, they're, they're automatically taking their the, – all those players are automatically rescinding their names to go to the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. So in order to, to avoid that, let's put it back at the end. Let's have the Super Bowl back up a week, and let's have the Pro Bowl – weekend the for the festival and the festivities let's have that at the end of the very end of the season like it used to be i think that would be the best uh decision for the nfl and for the fans uh so right. let's get back mike to Tack- that mike tackett's got some more uh yeah he also he also there. said uh if the commander's three billion dollar plan falls through the cracks due to political reasons is that the nail in the coffin for the dan, for dan snyder, snyder. 
I think it's a thing that's been coming for Dan Snyder. Again, uh, I think a lot of people know my belief on this whole thing. First of all, I'm going to give a shout-out to Michael Guerrero, Guerrero with the house. Yeah, there he is. Right. Michael Guerrero's in the house. Welcome back, buddy. Uh, uh, and Lawrence Elliott, he's, he's in the house with us Welcome tonight, to the too. show, Lawrence. Uh, he says they need to uh, revive the Pro Bowl in some capacity. It's bad. And it, like maybe they just kill yeah, it. I don't, you know what I, I mean? Think... That's what I mean. Just remove the game itself, but make it an event to honor the people that have played well during mm -hmm. the season and make it a fan you know, filled kind of event right. you know, that you can even go to and, 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 you know, I mean, interact more. Yeah. The Pro Bowl um, game now is it, you're right. You're absolutely right. First of all, it, it is terrible to watch. Mm -hmm. I can't watch it anymore. I won't watch it anymore. Mm -hmm. And, and I loved when back in the day when Ronnie Lott was, was in the Pro Bowl, he would smash players coming oh, yeah, over yeah, the yeah. middle. He actually continued to play mm -hmm. him. And, and that's what kind of kicked up that, the, you know, the, the intensity in that game is back then they were playing for real, no matter what. Uh, and then over time, it kind of became this kind of lazy uh, style of, of a football game. And, and, and that's kind of where fans is, are starting to fall off. They're starting to not like watching what they see on the football well, field. Also, it's people not caring exciting. about their brand, too, and be able to make as much money you know, possible, especially with the way injuries have been and stuff like that. So I think, again, they're trying to, uh, you know, get the money that they can and not, you know, possibly get an injury in a game that doesn't really matter. Well, I mean, you, listen, you can take insurance policies out well, if you want to. I, I agree uh, with that. And, and that's fully the thing well. is players have that ability. They have a lot of them, especially the ones that make it to the Pro Bowl, they have money. Mm -hmm. They can put an insurance policy on themselves for playing in that game. And if they happen to get hurt, oh, well, here comes the insurance policy money. So um, that they have that capability. It, it, they could do that. Um, but I just I, I'm not really 100 percent sold on in this game continuing. I feel like if they go a different route in terms of um, more skill competitions and, and doing different drills and, you know, stuff like that along those lines, I feel like that would be more entertaining for, for right. a lot uh, of people. Lawrence says money and business side is a major issue to Pro Bowl for sure. Uh, and I think they do all right uh, ratings wise. I think they even said they had like seven something like million viewers or something like that at the Pro Bowl, even though, they, you know, a lot of people think that it, the game stinks overall. You're still getting people to watch it and it's still doing better than ratings on many I'm other TV shows and stuff. Uh, so the people are there. But I think the more you make it interactive for them and, and something like that, I think they'll be more involved and, and willing to, to watch or even go there, and, you right. know, sell tickets to to be part of it. Um, but now let's get back to uh, what Mike's saying about the Washington Commanders. Uh, you know, as people have heard too. Now they're 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 trying to buy land. I think in Virginia to possibly set up a yep. a um, a stadium, stadium to be built yeah. there, and working with uh, Virginia to try and raise money to help get that together. Um, but if it fails for them, is it another failure for the for the Washington uh, Commanders for Dan Snyder? Uh, it will it be the nail in the coffin. Uh, though, like I said, my take about this, I think it's been a witch hunt after this guy altogether. I understand that he does been, been doing a lot of bad things, and he probably hasn't run the organization uh, the proper way and had issues. But I still look at the fact that um, Bezos, who owns the Washington Post and things like that, putting mm -hmm. out the stories that – where it was you know, bringing up the emails and all that and blah, 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 and still having interest in buying this team, I think is kind of like a one-sided issue here. Like he is putting it out there. Here's the evidence. Now get him out of there so I can buy this team. And it's, I think that's I mean, kind of an issue. It's possible, but not likely because you have to be approved by the other owners to oh, oh, buy that, that. that team. Well, so uh, if it is a witch hunt, 
and the owners don't want him there, then he's not going to get the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so well, they've also what they will. I'm sure it's on uh, upon agreement with the NFL that they have to go or that they wanted to go with the TV deals for the Amazon for Thursday games. And now Amazon owns all the rights to those games. Yeah, I mean, but I, I'm not looking at it in, in that line. Listen, here's the deal. Dan Snyder's done some really dirty and shady things mm-hmm. in his career as the owner, former owner, mind you. Because, you know, yeah, he did yeah, sign it over to uh, his wife. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. And he has no, he doesn't yeah. he doesn't do anything yeah. on the day-to-day operations, everybody. He yeah. just signed it over to his wife. It's it's all good. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. taking care of it. Uh, but all in all, I really think that, you know, Dan Snyder's time is coming. And I don't think it has anything to do with even if uh, Bezos does end up buying this team. Mm-hmm. If Dan Snyder gets, gets kicked out. And they he, they need to sell the team, and even if Bezos buys it, and the and that all goes through, I still think that it, it's time for Snyder to go. I, mm-hmm. I think that he's done enough uh, things on the wrong side that that it's it's definitely ruffling some feathers in you know in between some owners there, and, and to the point where now like they're fed up, and mm-hmm. they and they don't even want him at the table anymore. So. Uh, they're going to do their due diligence, and if it ends up being where, like, okay, sorry, Dan, you got to sell the team no matter what. Like, that's it. They're already taking votes now on this. Yeah. Uh, so let's see where this ends up. And if it is, in fact, to the point where Dan does have to sell the team, then so be it and let the next uh, person come in. And I hope, because we've all heard now Denver selling their team. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're still waiting to see, like, who's going to be the, the final buyer in that. Uh, but we do know, and we've talked about this before, about minority owners coming in and, and possibly getting a group together to purchase an, uh, a team and changing that type of culture as an owner. Mm. Uh, this could be another opportunity for another, like a minority group to come in together and per- perhaps purchase Washington as another franchise, and maybe that's going to get the wheels turning on, on changing some things at the ownership level right and that's where i think they're looking at with trying to raise the money for it because again when you're trying to bid this to uh your taxpayers and for the state Mm. to cover some of the bill i mean we've heard about this here with new york how long has been has new york been trying to get the buffalo bills uh renovations and a new stadium over there they've asked taxpayers plenty of times it's got shot down here and there and blah 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 and now it's finally going to be going through uh but here again they bring up they cite senator chap patterson who previously supported the franchise now he's changed his mind said he won't vote uh for the stadium bill he won't be a part of it because he's no longer has confidence in the washington commanders as a viable nfl franchise See, so now he's concerned about the direction of the franchise. Mm-hmm. If we invest this money and put this stadium here, then all of a sudden the team's up for sale. We're like, what's going on? You know what I mean? So what are we going to do? Because what if that owner decides to buy it, but then they're like, yeah, we bought them, but I don't really want this here in Virginia. Now I want to be Here's going a, somewhere else. Right. You know Here's what I mean? the other thing about this, this mm-hmm. whole situation that's happening. Is Dan Snyder trying to push this through? Because if, it, if this does happen, and we've seen it with every team, mm-hmm. they get a new stadium – the price now is no longer here. Mm-hmm. Now the price jumps way the hell up here to sell it. Mm-hmm. So is he trying to push all this through and get a new stadium built before he's pushed out? So that way when they're like, oh, you have to sell it. Okay, no problem. I'm going to sell it for double or triple yeah, the amount exactly. of what it used to be worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
that's something to also keep an eye on. Yeah, absolutely, because Mike Tackett's in here now on YouTube now, too. He's double dipping, Joe. <laughs> there he goes. <laughs> hey, he What's goes, going on, Mike? He goes, uh, Bezos, see right here, wants the commanders at a discount price, right. even though he could literally buy every team in the league at once. Uh, but right. see, yeah, so maybe that's it. But Snyder's trying to, you know, at least hold him off a little bit and say, well, if you're going to get him, yeah. I'm going to make you pay hard for that's it right. or something I'm going like to get that, a new so. stadium, uh, new digs. That's something to look into. I mean, it's a, an interesting story story there and, yeah. and who knows you know maybe they will move on they've they've showed before that some of these owners that they're ready to just rip the team from them and sell them stuff but uh surprisingly enough even too, look at the texans the t for a while i thought the owner was going to be swapped here and they were going to boot him out for mm -hmm. a while uh, but he's still there so uh will some of these emails maybe that pop up after the whole trial here with uh John Gruden, will some of this stuff be leaked and exposed? And then Maybe. is that when the hammer's going to drop on some of these teams, or some of these franchises, or just even the uh, the Washington uh, commanders? And themselves? that's the thing, too, is Roger Goodell was trying to get that that notion put through of making it a private court case, uh, you know, and for not to be out in public. And it got denied, which is a huge win for Gruden going forward, because now Gruden's going to have the ability to maybe expose some of those emails that they've been hiding now out in the public and you know they're going to make requests based on you know evidence that maybe the nfl didn't want to shed light on they mm -hmm. want to keep it a secret you know so to you know to to prevent more black eyes or more bumps and bruises forming on the nfl shield mm -hmm. so uh this is a huge win for gruden let's see where it, where it where it goes now and uh let, yeah, it, it's going to be a pretty awesome case. I, I have to admit, I definitely got to pay attention to this. All right, absolutely. Something to talk about. And uh, so that you guys know, too, we are also not only sponsored by Buck Environmental Solutions out there, uh, but also we are sponsored by Raise, too. Don't forget to get your Raise energy drinks out there. Repsports.com. Hit the promo code Raise Them Up. That's right. Spelled out just like that. You have to type it in there. Raise Them Up. You get your discount there. I just ordered some more Raise for myself, too, and the, the family. I know a couple other guys just did as well. Yeah. And remember, you won't get the discount unless you put that uh, yeah, if you promo enter, in there. Enter that promo code, and you'll get 15% off your Boom. order. Trust and me, it helps. They don't just sell energy drinks, too. I mean, they, they, they got a wide variety of products. And they also got to-go pouches, like little powder pouches. Oh, yeah. Of, they got all the kinds energy, of stuff, even for everything. those heavy weightlifters and uh, things, too. I really like this product. Uh, I got I to gotta admit, I mean, it's got no sugar. It's got amino acids. It's got, you know, elect electrolytes in it. It's got a lot of good stuff in it that a lot of the other energy drinks don't have. And uh, no crash either. It's amazing. So make mm -hmm. sure you get some. Oh, yeah. I used to drink Rockstar, Monster, all that stuff. I haven't gone back. I haven't gone back. Turn around. Ain't going back. back. Ain't going back. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, so here we go. The, the other news when we're talking about teams possibly meet, leaving and, and moving situations and getting areas, uh, it was also leaked out here, too, that, you know, uh, about the um, the NFL, uh, the, the deal when Sam Kroenke was going to move uh, the, the Rams from St. Louis to Los Angeles, he went out there and was like, oh, don't worry. I'm going to cover the yeah, bill. I'm going to cover it. all this stuff. Don't worry about the expenses, blah, blah, blah. So now that the time has come for everything to start collecting here and stuff, uh, he covered all the lawyer's fees and stuff, but he's like, no, I'm done. You know, that's what I said I was doing. And they're like, wait a minute. I thought wait. you were going to do this yeah. or whatever. But now uh, the NFL has stood by him, and now the, the NFL is now is taking – 7.5 million from each franchise to help put money into it still there's more money owed after that because yeah. that only covered like another 200 million 250 yeah. million yeah. or something like that uh 
So there's still money to be owed. So now they're yeah, isn't it a one billion like, dollars? What are you doing? And and is this going to upset the other owners and be like, yo, what the hell, man? What just happened here? Because, uh, yeah, you go through, you made the move, you got your new stadium, uh, you guys have a Super Bowl championship now, even too. You got your thing. Uh, now what? What's going on? Now we're paying for all this uh, right here. Yeah, that's you know, crazy. My chunk of change. And again, you you talk about rich owners and blah blah. blah. It's only seven point five, but. You know, like they complain when they have to pay, you know, a million dollar fine for things like that, massage parlors that they go to and other things and and uh, deflated balls and stuff. Uh, but that's still just a little bit of a chunk of change for something. That, I mean, yeah, they agreed to the move under one circumstance. But when you say you're going to pay for it all, then you only pay for a small frag, fraction. Uh, you know, that they ain't going to go for that. I wonder if there's going to be any repercussions now after all this. You know, the owner's got to be pissed a little bit here. Right. All of them. Like I mean, all of a sudden, there's got to be something like, alone. oh, wait, you, you told us one thing, and now what just happened? You took $7.5 million out of me for what? Oh, so, the, so the, the Rams can move from St. Louis to L.A. Well, Stan Kroenke, I thought he was going to pay. But no, he's not. Wait, something's not right here. Where are we going to get our money back then? You know, so, I mm -hmm. mean, there's got to be something that's going to happen down the road where Stan Kroenke is going to have to pay over time some of that money back. I mm -hmm. mean, it's going to have to be kind of like a loan. You can't say like, oh, well, the NFL is going to take seven and a half million from each and every one of you owners and not give it back. Uh, I don't I don't think that's going to be happening, but we'll, we'll wait and see. We'll, we're definitely going to monitor this story and see where it takes us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mike Tackett says five years that Elon owns a team. Houston, Denver, or Dallas are, are well, on Denver's going to happen really soon. So uh, yeah. if Elon wants Denver, he better get in the bidding right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, because, again, Denver's out there. Again, Houston um, and, and Dallas. Possibly but, Washington. I, but, dude, they <laughs> Dallas has it, it's been brought up. Yeah, that Dallas is he not going is anywhere. Not, dude, no. he is not selling whatsoever. He's going to, you know, you got to clinch it out yeah. of his dead fist. Yeah. He is not getting rid of it. Um Mike Tackett says right. he loves the Rays pre-workout. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Boom, shakalaka. I love it, man. Boom. Good it's stuff. great. Oh yeah, they have a lot of other different products, so mm -hmm. check it out. If you guys like the energy drinks, go into the other stuff. Like I said, I have switched, and not just because they're a sponsor and stuff, but I like it. Again, I love the, the hydration on top of yeah. the energy. You know and what I mean? They, I feel good, and I don't feel like it's like going to my head. Like it's super sweet. Like, oh, man, now have, I need water. They have some unique flavors that – a lot of people in their taste buds, they're like, oh, it tastes like this. They no, like no, guessing no, no, it what it like is. like that. Yeah. So that's kind of a, a cool, you know, selling point for them as well. They definitely have some unique flavors. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. So uh, also in the news here, that let's go through that. In today's um, news. In today's news. Hitting it. Uh, the Rooney Rule. What do you think about that, Joe? Now, the the new Rooney Rule. I mean, they changed it. Now, now they updated it basically, right? So now uh, it's going to be required that before you hire a quarterback coach now you have to interview a minority uh for that position for the quarterback coach so it seems like all they're doing is going to continually to expand it to different positions on the on the staff which is all well and good and i know they're also making an effort for front office positions as well but why not just just announce it now and just say well, it's required for all positions because yeah. that's what eventually what you're going to get to anyway. Uh, and and we and we've kind of touched on this subject before about I understand what the Rooney rule is, what, what it was created to do and try to introduce uh, a different mindset or a, or, or, or a different uh, 
like a, a different like it was supposed to help more minorities get more jobs throughout the league and honestly it, it, it hasn't done its job yes it's definitely gotten them interviews but that's only half of what the rule has done and the real purpose of it was to get more minorities in higher positions mm-hmm. and we've talked we said this before we're going to say it again if you want real change it has to happen at the ownership level so if you have a minority owner that's when you're going to start to see a lot of that culture change a lot of the change at the highest level there is in football to have a minority owner that could have the ability to bring in more more minority uh, 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 people up into those positions and giving them a legitimate shot. Right. Rather than you hear the rumors, Eric Bieniemy is going to be the next head coach. You know, Byron Leftwich is going to be the next coach. And neither one of them, maybe maybe Leftwich got had a, an interview or two, but didn't get a job. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, Byron Leftwich deserves a shot at this point in right. his career. Right. So and- until that minority change happens at the ownership level, you're not going to see a whole lot of it changing down below right right and when when we see that i mean we we talk about how uh epic it was when obama was elected to president you know what i mean and how changing that was Mm -hmm. uh because again uh so many uh white males be being predominant as the president that was kind of almost the mold and not uh being part of that you know status And, and and the thing that you're talking about is um finally you talk about bringing them together about being equal Invite them to the table. You know what I mean? Be at the same table, not just here you guys go. You're the coaches now or the the you know GMs at the kiddies table. Now you're actually at a level playing field with us in ownership together, talking together, hashing it out. Now you're at, you know, at the level with us here. Now it's even, you know what I mean? You know, you could still move forward now from there. And like you said, because it, it still seems like, they want to choose whoever they want to have these positions, to hold these positions. And that's why the NFL's been kind of doing their incentivizing. Here you go. Well, yeah. if you're a team that brings up the person, you get the thing, not the team that actually hires the guy and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So they're trying to do it this way to still kind of even pay them off, kind of in a sense. Here, I'll dangle this. It's like a trade off. Here, I'll give you it's this. It's an incentive for, to hire. Which I think is kind of ridiculous in itself. You know, it's sad, I guess, that we have to go this route to do this type of thing, I guess, oh, if that absolutely. is really going to make it work. But you see with some of the changes that they've done, it still hasn't really worked. Because if no, there's a guy you really worked. want, that's what guy you're going to get. Right. And are we certain that it's still a white thing or, or you know, a racist thing, that that's the guy that they want to go with because it looks like them, it's a face of the franchise, you know, in a coaching status. Uh we don't know. We're not in those owners' heads. We're not in the guys that are running the thing. You well, know, you know, it, it, it looks like it at times, but we've also saw a, a, a greater influx of coaches or head coaches a few years back, and then now it, it's kind of died down. And I don't think that's because of a certain change in in uh, you know uh, the way the world is and things like that. You know, it's like all of a sudden now it's been not, you know they're back to not accepting uh, black coaches and same thing and not thinking they're on the equal playing field. There's you know? a there's a lot of old school mentality at that ownership level and it trickles down with certain organizations. I'm not gonna name names, but there's definitely racism still in with the old school type of thinking for some of these owners. 
They and they've been they've probably been raised that way. So until they get removed from owning the team or uh, having a higher status as a GM or a head coach, then it's not going to change. So when you when teams go out and they look for these new head coaches, new defensive coordinators, you know, all those high profile positions, even GM or front office, right? They go and they're like, okay, we have these list of candidates that we all want to interview. They go in through the interview process and then they're like, oh, well, we still got to follow the rules. So we're going to bring in X, Y, and Z for the interview. But we've already kind of made up our minds. We were already going to pick the third guy on this list uh, who happens to be white. And we're just going to kind of do this so we can, you know, abide by the rule and then we're going to hire him later. So don't know how much, how many times or how many decisions are made that are racist driven throughout the league. There are some, but not all. But when teams want a certain coach, a certain staff member, they're going to get that guy. So. Understanding what the Rooney rule is supposed to do, it's not doing its job. And it's not going to change anything. I don't care if they come out next season and say, well, now it, now it applies to all positions in the NFL. You have to, you have to interview at least one minority uh, person for any given position. Even if they come out with that, it's still not going to do mm-hmm. what it's intended to do. Mm-hmm. And the only way we said it before the only way this is going to change is if one of these owners drop down, they sell the team to either a minority group or a minority, the majority holder will be a minority to own that team. And then that's when you're going to start to see some mindsets change because now you are now you have at least one at the table. You have one minority owner mm-hmm. at the table mm-hmm. who can give his honest opinion, his insight, and how he views how it's ran, you know, from an insider's perspective. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, maybe five, ten years down the road, now another minority owner is at that table. And now they're all talking. And maybe the mindset has to change at that level for all owners to have a minority at the head of the table and then have another one all of a sudden. And now they can all talk amongst each other and get a better sense of what is going on and what is wrong with the system that they have. Mm-hmm. And again, unfortunately that might just take generations passing it's on. Take time. You know what I mean? Yeah. As you see some of Definitely. these you know, with the Detroit lions, I mean, that woman, you know, was the, the owner forever and stuff and she still is, but she now has passed the torch down to her daughter to run the team the way she wants to mm-hmm. do it. She's understood that she needs to change things about how it's going. Right. Uh, you know, maybe she needs to get a different sight through younger eyes, things like that. Yeah. And as you see, as we're developing, even as a, a country, as mm-hmm. a whatever, a culture, culture is changing r- rapidly here and there. Some yeah. of it's really fucked up and stuff like that right now and stuff but others are again very accepting and things like mm-hmm. as, as like that as well and right. i think when you start getting down to these other generations that are past with these guys who have, again because a lot of these teams are passed on through heritage right you they know are. what i mean their yeah. dads their moms or whatever owners boom they're and they're still alive living 
Uh, mm-hmm. You know, well, you know the Mara family. That's one of them too. Uh, John right. Mara. You know what I mean? You know Steve Tish on the other side. He's a younger. He's just an investment owner. They're not really. It wasn't passed on through family. There. Mm-hmm. He's an investment owner. Uh, when you get some of those other guys' uh, takes on it, and, and and it's a different type of, of field, different type of point of view about it. And I think as maybe again the culture changes, but then also again generationally things are moving forward. Then I think things will be a little more progressive. Uh, Sadly, I think that's just what it is. But as you as you see some of these teams decide to move on, though, too, if they want to decide to uh, sell, because that's what you saw with um, the the um, the Denver Broncos. You know, again, for the for the the family to hold on to the team, uh, it was shot down there, too. So it goes up for sale now. You know what I mean? So then now it's out there. That that same family isn't going to just keep passing on and the owning bo- that team. Yeah. The so Bol- now it's going to be open. The Bolin family. The problem with all that was in it was an inside family tiff, mm-hmm. basically. So uh, there were several you know relatives that wanted the the majority ownership, mm-hmm. and nobody could come to an agreement on who should be the leader type of deal. Mm-hmm. And in turn, they're like, "Well, it's not worth fighting over it as a family or whatever. Let's." Let, let's sell the team, and that way, you know, we're done here. We're going to collect our money. Listen, very rich family, the Bowman oh, family, yeah, yeah. so they don't, they don't need the money, uh, but it's come time, you know, with, with, uh, with Pat Bowman passing away and, and kind of like, so let's stop fighting. Let, let's just sell the team. That's, mm-hmm. what, that's what they've decided to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, Denver's up for grabs. Washington is possibly up for grabs yep. later on down the road. I mean, there's teams that are out mm-hmm. there, and it – and it doesn't happen. It's not common that that teams are for sale. Mm-hmm. So when they are, it's a rarity type of opportunity. Right. So you're going to see a lot of these um, interested either celebrities or uh, businessmen, business women. Like they're all going to come in droves, being with having interest for these teams. Just to own one is is a you know is a, is a is a precious commodity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Let's see if, like, the Jay-Z's come out of the woodworks. Let's see if, you know, someone with star power and a lot of money, mm-hmm. maybe they can get together to kind of get over this hurdle to, to finally have a minority. Right, order. and maybe we will see with the changes that they're making. We will see a few more hires here and there again. But I think all together it's a mindset. And, um, you know, I think they just still feel, though, even in their in their choosing process, if they feel this is the guy that they want, that they think will still get them to win. Because ultimately, <clears throat> these teams want to be able to sell tickets, want to be able to win and be competitive. It's not like they're like, well, this guy's, you know, you know, the third best guy there. But, you know, he looks like me or he's white or whatever. So I want to go with him. And I mean, I think they're just going to go with something they feel is successful and, and still they think will work and help the franchise. Uh, and I think even some, when you look at it, when you look at some of uh, the hirings, it's somebody that came from a respected franchise or very successful franchise, and those particular franchises happen to not hire a lot of minorities as their coaches. I mean, look at the the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Everybody's trying to grab Patriots coaches and things like that from theirs. Well, well all their coordinators. Very rarely that they have a you know a minority uh, coach you know for, yeah, for their, the, their their defense and the only one and, that and, comes you know, to mind offense. is Patrick Graham. You're Patrick Graham, right? Oh, and uh, oh man, this is going way back. I just I just 
pictured mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not going to remember. Oh, no, you're not going to remember now. Way to go. <laughs> oh, but no, I hear I you what you're saying. It. But you know what I mean? Things like that. Everybody's going for the the like, say, yeah, like the Patriots. Right. And then they had yeah. a lot of uh, coaches. You know, Listen, if you're new to the show mm-hmm. and you haven't followed us or subscribed to us, make sure you head over to YouTube or Facebook. Make sure you do the damn thing. Hit, hit, become a member, become a know-it-all, uh, and let us know down in the comment section below if you if you added us, if you wanted to follow the show. Uh, but also, uh, if you're on anywhere you get your podcast, that's, that's right. right. We are also all over the place on the podcast spectrum, anywhere, iTunes, Spotify. We're even on video Spotify, uh, have you know it. Uh, but uh, anywhere you get your, your iTunes or anywhere you get your podcast, anything, just follow us there as well. Um, and listen. We love to be interactive, so please comment down below. Let us know you're alive. Let us know you're here to talk some football. Absolutely, absolutely. Joe, so you know you want to let people know on everything, why don't you guys, why don't you tell everybody here about our friends at Johnstone Supply? Yeah, Johnstone Supply. Listen, if you haven't heard about Johnstone Supply, let me tell you a little bit about them. Listen, Mm -hmm. they're a magnificent company, first and foremost. Second of all, they are locally here in the capital region sixth avenue in troy new york Mm -hmm. make sure you go there listen you can call them 518-272-5922 if you want to give them a little ring a ding and ask some questions if you have any questions about your furnace about your air conditioner you know i mean these guys are the pros uh, to go to so you can call right now for pricing on john goodman central air conditioners Mm -hmm. or if you're looking to go with the fujitsu mini splits they got them too Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, they got a lot of different things there for you. They even got some knowledge for you they can drop on you. Boom. Uh, head over, give them a phone call. They're there to help. Uh, other than that, and just a reminder, I, I have to say this too. They have the lowest prices on Milwaukee tools guaranteed. That's right, guaranteed, baby. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed. You guaranteed. can find a cheaper price for that tool, they'll match it, no problem. Boom, absolutely. Uh, best quality products at unbeatable prices. That's Johnson Supply. In Troy, New York, 6th Avenue in Troy, New York. Or to learn more, call them, baby. Call them. Johnstone Supply, 518-272-5922. For all your needs with air conditioning and heating, they're your guys. Yeah, absolutely. We love those guys there. Johnstone Supply, they're big football fans too as well. Tom, he's a big Notre Dame fan, so him and I go out of here and there. I don't know what's wrong with him, but... Uh, but, uh, yeah, man, they, they love it. We all have talking to those guys. Hopefully yeah, we'll yeah. see them real soon at the uh, next events that we're uh, planning here. Uh, but here you go. We got the music rolling, Joe. We're going to have some fun now. All right, let's go. Uh, we like to do, you know, uh, stock rise and, and fall and things like that. Stock buy up, stock and down. S- yeah, buy and sell and things like that. Talk uh, about it. So this week uh, we're going to take a look at the NFC th- uh, quick. We're going to roll through and just take over these teams after the draft is all over. Mm-hmm. We've had some free agency going on here. Still a lot to do. It's going to be June 1st pretty soon. You're going to see a lot of big changges there, uh, too. And, um, you know, a lot of money's going to come off the books and things. So they could be really active around hey. that time. But right now, yeah. after the draft is all said and done here, we're going to take a look at these teams quick and see. How they really looked after after all that? Did they do better? Is there if they're stock up or is it kind of falling right now? So uh, let's take a look at the NFC uh, East first, Joe. That's it. And uh, who do we got first we got the here? Dallas the Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys. All right. Yeah, let's talk about the Cowboys here. Now here for me, uh, I don't necessarily think their stock is going up or down. I feel like they're still stagnant. They're still kind of even keeled. They're like flatlined. That's what I'm gonna say. I'm going to say they're flatlining right now. They're not going up. They're not going down. It's 
to me, it's kind of a prove-it year for the Cowboys for me. Mm-hmm. Listen, they've gone through a couple of different changes. Amari Cooper's no longer there. It looks like C.D. Lamb is the going to be the go-to guy now only. Uh, Michael Gallup still going to be that, that playmaking type of receiver that he is. Hopefully he can stay healthy this year, you know. And um, other than that, like their defense, I feel like is going to be a little bit better this year now being in the same uh, defensive scheme. It's more like a 4-2-5, and they've adapted mm-hmm. to it over the last couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. So the only question I really have is, is how much better is this offensive line is it going to be? You know, they drafted Tyler Smith uh, from Tulsa, who was projected to be a tackle. But what's interesting is in, when you look at the depth chart, uh, according to OurLads.com. Uh, shout out to OurLads. Yeah, a little shout out there. But uh, they haven't penciled in at, at guard, which is interesting. So... Me and Jim, when we were doing our analysis on on, uh, Smith here, Mr. Smith, um, we noticed he was a little grabby at times, holding a little bit. And we're like, oh, that could be a problem if they put him at right tackle at the next level, trying to to block these uh, very fast pass rushers. So it looks like they're going to move him to guard maybe. And if that's the case, it might fit him better, you know, so... Uh, a little better of a fit there, but they still got to worry, I feel like, a little bit on that right tackle position. It looks like uh, Terrence Steele is penciled in to be the starter at right tackle for them. And um, all in all, I think that's the biggest question mark for the Cowboys. And it's to me, it's a prove-it year. That's why I got them flatlining. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, flatlining. So it's just the stock is just still. It's huh? still the same. It's still the same. Because it's even though with there. the changes mm-hmm. that they made, mm-hmm. uh, it's there's still question marks. How right. are they going to respond after last year? You know what I mean? Is Trayvon Diggs the real deal? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He had one big year. Mm-hmm. Let's see if he can continue that this season. And with the slight change at rec- at the receiving corp uh, spot, are they still going to be the same offense? Right. You know? Yeah, and and that's, uh, that's got, what I'm looking at here, too. When you look at CeeDee Lamb now, yeah. he's moving out of that second number two spot. Now he's got to be asked to be that number one guy. Right. We've seen other wide receivers trying to move up from this spot. Juju Smith-Schuster to and stuff like that have to move into you, his spot. So how are they going to do CD, without somebody like uh, and uh, Amari Cooper right. there? Right. To be honest with you, Amari Cooper's faster, I feel like, than CD. Mm-hmm. And CD ran a 4-5 at, a, at, a, at his combine, mm-hmm. which is average speed. Is he going to be able to go ahead and attack that the deeper portion of the field? Mm-hmm. Or is he going to be limited to short to intermediate is where he does his most damage? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, with that all being said, and then you got to worry about Tony Pollard. This is another guy who's still sitting behind Zeke. What, at what point in time do the Cowboys start to get him more touches in the backfield? Because he was very dynamic last year when he got the opportunity. All right, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, again, I'm looking at these guys, too. Same thing. Uh, defense, you know, they grab, uh, you know, uh, uh, Fowler Jr., too, also on the defensive side. Dan Quinn did a pretty good job with those guys. And Micah Parsons burst on the scene right away. Uh, it looked really nice Listen. for them to get that as a, as a pass rusher for them. So, I think they're pretty set there, too, right now in, in their <laughs> aspect. Uh, Stefan Diggs, though, or Stefan Diggs, I want to say, uh, 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 Diggs though in the, in, in the back, Trayvon Diggs in the back, very opportunistic last year. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's going to be so lucky this year. I see him taking a little bit of a step back here too. So I'm going to say they're probably staying the same here. Uh, I don't think their stock is really going up or not. You're going to see that unfold, I guess, within the season as it goes. Because with high expectations, you know, all every single year, you know how it's going to go, and they don't Cowboys meet it all the time. So yeah, year. so yeah, they're feeling their stocks up, but then it plummets as the playoffs roll. The biggest around, so. problem for for Dan. Quinn right now 
is you need to put Micah Parsons at the end. When he was playing DN last year, was absolutely dynamite. A, a monster off the edge was just destroying the pocket. So that would be the best decision for him. And then you could uh, slide in the rookie that they just got this year in Damone Clark, who is starting to ascend in on this depth chart. Uh, he could easily take his place. So, All right, next up we've got for the uh, NFC East. Now we've got the, the New York football giants here, Joe. Uh, again, for me, um, this stock is still pretty low for me. I mean, I understand what they did. For the, the the draft, they go out and get a pass rusher. They get offensive line, so that all looks sounds good. John Feliciano too, also in free agency. Uh, a lot of these former Buffalo Bills here too, but still the mm -hmm. question marks, especially through now these OTAs and stuff like that. You're still hearing about these injuries. Kadarius Tony, uh, mm -hmm. wide, other wide receivers not showing up because of injuries and things like that. Well, uh, not sure about Saquon Barkley too. Again, is he going to be able to stay healthy this full season? Um, there's a lot of different potential here. You've got a showy, show me year for Daniel Jones and stuff, but I think stock is low. So I'm going to say, again, that's this flat, flat out stock low right now. But, you know, it might be a buyer's market if you do decide to buy into it, you know, as the season goes. But the injury bug has plagued this team nonstop, so I'm not expecting a whole lot. All right. Uh, so first off, uh, what I'll say is kudos to the Giants for having a really good draft. Uh, and for revamping this offensive line, which has been an absolute sieve for the longest amount of time. Not only did they manage to get Evan Neal, uh, you know, a lockdown tackle for them, now you have bookend tackles with Andrew Thomas and Neal, both young, both can grow together. And John Feliciano is a very underrated lineman that they managed to grab in free agency. He was a, a Pro Bowl level type of alignment, and they managed to get him. Uh, I think this this offensive line, you're going to see a drastic change now in terms of, of, of play on the football field. And in doing so, you're going to allow Daniel Jones to have a lot more time. You, and with these weapons that he has, now let's see what this Buffalo-esque type of offense is going to look like with Jones you know, throwing the football and, dis and dispersing it. So... As far as the question goes for Barkley, no one knows how healthy a guy's going to be. Let's wait and see if he can stay healthy. Uh, mm -hmm. And we notice that's been his track record thus far is he hasn't been able to stay healthy uh, for a season, for mm -hmm. a full season, besides maybe his rookie year. Like I said, uh, I mean, there's a lot of potential. I mean, you get to maybe oh, we could see. Well, deadly. not even just with him. I'm just saying with the team altogether because we didn't get to see even a full season of Blake Martinez either. And how he was starting off of the season last year was really well. He was there stopping the run. He was all over the ball. Right. Now you add, you know, Thibodeau on top of that. You've got uh, Jay Crowder there now, too, to add into the backfield, too, mm -hmm. at the linebacker position. Um, they do lose, you know, Bradbury and stuff like that. So that's a suspect spot over there on the opposite side of the corner, opposite of uh, Dory Jackson. But. Uh, again, maybe they motion and move in um, uh, Xavier McKinney like they've done before in the past into like a, a slot corner here and there uh, in and out uh, where he was very uh, doing very well for I think even the NFC. He might have tied for the most interceptions in the NFC or somewhere close. He was getting pretty well with the uh, interceptions. Uh, so he did really good for them uh, on that aspect, not even just playing the safety position. Um, but. Again, so many questions, I got to say their stock's low. So what do you think, lower? Or, or, I'm going to say stock is going up because, okay. to me, this team is going to trend upwards for me. And the reason why is because they've made not just made adjustments, they've made the right adjustments to this point. Uh, so new coaching staff, new GM, 
better players on the roster usually means that you're going to be playing better. Let's wait and see if that happens. But another uh, player that no, not a lot, a whole lot of people are talking about is uh, Aziz Ajolari, who is going to be another premier pass rusher opposite another rookie in Kayvon Thibodeau. So uh, I think I think this defense, we already seen what they could do with Graham there. Now with the, with a little bit more improved of a, of a roster on both sides of the ball, let's see where this, this kind of Buffalo staff is going to take this team. All right, yeah, let's move on now to the Philadelphia Eagles here, Joe. Uh, you know, last year uh, they started doing some, some pretty good things here. We saw Devonta Smith start to get really a, a good, uh, uh, you know, com- uh, like relationship here with Jalen Hurts, but again, that guy he he sees some really good plays, you know, and does pretty well. But again, sometimes a lot for for him, you're seeing he's missing some of the reads. That's his main issue, with, I think, you know, at the quarterback spot where he misses some guys. Who are like, oh, if he only was looking at this or saw this, he would have had this opportunity. Instead, he ends up scrambling out away from the play, and it's a dead play kind of, and just they 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 settle for whatever he can get them. Uh, but now the team has made a lot of good moves here, whether the draft, whether it be mm-hmm. trades. He's got some more weapons now. He's got A.J. Brown there on top of it as well. Uh, and then also the the moves on defense here with Hassan Reddick, but then also uh, stealing now with the Giants releasing Bradbury. Bradbury's on this team now to face his team <laughs> twice. I mean, that's I said to me, like, that's all I don't want, and that's what they get. And this is what happens. See, this is where, what happens with my life all the time and being a Giants fan. I'm like, oh, man, really? This is, You, you got to do this to me? But uh, – they're looking really good right now. I got to say stocks high here for the Eagles right now. I hate to say it, but it yeah, does. It looks pretty and, good. And, and that's the way it looks. I mean, you look at this, this defense, which had its weak spots last season, you know, mostly at linebacker. But other than that, they, they pick up uh, Nicobe Dean late in this past draft who, you know, I thought after they got t- taken by the Eagles in the third round, I'm like, wow, he slid that far down. I'm impressed that he did. Uh, they also go ahead and they, they have Hassan Reddick to go ahead and rush off the edge. Jordan Davis, a massive mountain of a man from the draft. He's going to plug in the middle at D-tackle. Now, what's scary is they also have Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox. So yeah, yeah. that rotation of big men in the, in the middle, good luck moving them. <laughs> and on top of that, just like Jim was mentioning, not only did they get Bradbury, but they still have Darius Slay on the other side of them. So uh, their defense got way better. And then their offense got even better when they traded for A.J. Brown. Right, right. Uh, and teaming him up with Devontae Smith and uh, some of the other younger receivers that they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, solid offensive line, a younger offensive line. They've gotten rid of the old, and now they got some young players there. Jalen Hurts can take his game to the next level this season. And we've noticed... I'm not so hard on Hurts as some other, like, maybe Eagles fans or people on the outside. I think he's still developing as a quarterback, and we're going to see him continually to get better. I think this is the year where he's going to take that another giant step uh, for himself. But the Eagles are one of those dangerous teams, so stock up for me. All right, now moving on to the newly named Washington Commanders. Commanders. I got it this time, so it's going to take a little while. I'm still going to screw it up every now and then. Just get it right before week one. Before week one. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, So we got the Commanders here. Um, Again, uh, Jahan Dotson here in the draft. You know, Terry McLaurin now, he's holding out, it seems like, too. So what kind of – how will this play out? You know, again, right now it's voluntary OTAs, but when OTAs yeah. really kick in, uh, where you, you need to be there, we'll see what happens with there. that, if he's going to hold out on them. Um, but, again, he's got to be their star. Maybe we'll see a full season of Curtis Samuel, too, for these guys. That'd be nice, right? Logan Thomas, you also stay stay healthy here, buddy, so you he can help them out. Uh, but 
the 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 main question that has really got me with this team is again oh, the switch hey, from quarterback. Say. Taylor Heineke, yes, he's only a year younger than Carson Wentz, but Carson Wentz has just basically since his his second season really mm -mm. has been just ta trailing off, making poor decisions, getting injured. You know, with, with trying to just put the the weight of the team on his back, not really working out for them. Uh, and the defense, you know, they took a step back last season too, but they had a lot of injuries here and there. Also, we didn't get to see a full season of Chase Young, so no. bring him back. Uh, we'll see what they can do. Uh, but a whole lot, not a lot of faith for me in the commanders here. I, especially because last year I wanted to see what they could do with, you know, a true starting quarterback and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Right. Don't have that in Carson Wentz. You saw what happened with that, um, the Colts team. They put him in that playoff game. Big implications, and he crapped the bed. I don't really have that type of confidence in him, and he's the reason why the stock is low for me. Yeah, I don't have confidence Commanders. at all in Carson Wentz at all. But what I do have confidence in is this team as a whole. Uh, their defense should be now if they can get back to the way where they were playing la late last season. That's what you want to see from this defense. This defense two years ago was ascending. It was one of it was being seen as one of those dominant type of defenses with Chase Young and Montez Sweat. And then for whatever reason last year, uh, I don't know if it was a curse from Fitzpatrick's injury or what, but they did not look like the same defense that mm -hmm. they once mm -hmm. were. And then later in the season, it seemed like they maybe be, they may uh, get, they got back to gelling together mm -hmm. and playing a lot better, even without Chase Young insert Chase Young back into the lineup week one, this is where we're going to keep our eye on on this defense to see if it returns back to uh, its stubborn ways against opponents. Uh, but I really do like the improvements that they've made on the defensive side of the ball, and I like what they've done in receiving with the rookie from Jahan Dotson coming from Penn State. Very fast, elusive type of receiver. But Terry McLaurin, I fully expect him to show up when it, when it is mandatory. I still think they're going to work on this long-term deal in the contract during the season and watch for him to ball out. I don't like Wentz, but I love this team that they have around him. So uh, I think not, I think I'm going to give them a trending up, N not because of, obviously not because of Wentz, but I just think that the team got better all around and it, all Wentz has to do is not do too much to screw this up. So let's see if he can manage that. All right, here we go. Let's move on now to the NFC North here. We've got the Chicago Bears, Joe. Oh, the Bears. Um, again, now a new head coach. Uh, they got Eberflus there, there as a head yes. coach. So we get to yes. see a whole different type of uh, offense here. You know, the Nagy years are done here. Uh, <laughs> About and, time. Yeah, yeah, everything. You know, either GM, everything set. Else. But uh, looking at this team now, now it's Justin Fields' team definitely all together here. But uh, – a whole lot of average, just uh, I think wide receivers here. Not really a whole lot to help him out. I mean, Byron P Pringle, uh, Quimpius uh, St. Brown too. He's okay. You know, Darnell Moody I really like, but again, not really a whole lot of big uh, that that upper echelon type of guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, David Montgomery here solidifying the, the running back situation here. But now you're losing some of the guys here on defense up in the front here that mm -hmm. would help, like uh, like like you know Khalil Mack and stuff like that and those guys um now you you don't have that situation here now you're sitting there still with Robert Quinn guys like that uh and Roquan Smith 
But I think you lost a bit here on defense. And uh, even though you go and draft uh, Kyler Gordon here and uh, Brisker here at the safeties positions, um, I think they're going to be a little set back here on the defensive side and can't really bail out that offense if Justin Fields can get things going here. So I'm not expecting a whole lot out of this Bears or, uh, team again. So I'm just setting the bar low here. Again, I, I, I think stock's very low in this team. What's interesting to me is that there's been a big turnover on the roster. Uh, this year for Chicago you know new regime new faces coming from new places uh, it's it's a little disturbing if you're a Chicago Bears fan because this kind of shows you like hey we are not in win mode just yet mm -hmm. we, it almost seems like they're rebuilding now uh, because they get rid of Khalil Mack right. and M Khalil Mack to be fair was aging mm -hmm. and with a high salary that he was commanding there's not really too much that they're going to be able to do. So mm -hmm. they had to ship him out the door. Mm -hmm. He ends up being the charger. Mm -hmm. And this team right now is going through what I view as more of a rebuilding uh, phase than it is like, let's just retool and, and try to win right now with a young Justin Fields. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so for me, it the Bears are trending downward for me. Uh, and it's only because that they're in that little bit of a phase. Now it's like they got to retool, rebuild uh, this roster up. Uh, in order to compete for this division. There are a couple of notable players that were lower on other depth charts that are now projected to be starters, like a Byron right, Pringle. Right, right. A Byron Pringle from the Chiefs, who I think is going to be a really good receiver for them and underrated. You know, Darnell Mooney is going to finally be the number one guy. You know, let's see if he can handle that workload. Uh, and and other, other players as well. So let's see what they can do with what they have at their disposal all right next up we've got the uh detroit lions here uh lions surprised me a lot of times last year definitely uh, with uh definitely they surprised me yeah dan campbell and stuff and you know they're they they put their hearts out on the field like every time that they played too uh, and, and a few upsets last last uh, year too with them too so another year under uh you know dan campbell and things like that i think they're going to gel more they've gotten some uh fresh guys in there as, as well to help out um jared Ed goff and things so we'll see how they go again i'm really kind of trending upwards i think on the, this team too i mean i think uh they've they've been down and in, in, in just such a bad franchise for so long uh, but between making some of the trades that they have and some of the moves they made especially in the draft too as well and to, mm -hmm. to grab who they could I think with, with the, uh, the positions where they were I think they did an excellent job and, and again like I said off uh, you know under the, the radar type of moves um, maybe you know you can see um, uh, which we'll call the guy they end up getting from Jacksonville again uh DJ Chark, you know, yeah. maybe we could see him, uh, you know, excel back to that starter level here with a Jared Goff and stuff, too. So, I mean, I think the stock can be pretty high with these guys, you know, because, again, starting at the bottom, but really showed a lot of class last uh, season and a lot of heart playing for Dan Campbell, putting it all out there. I think that can only uh, make them move forward here. And that's the better word is heart because, you know, they had a lion heart for last season. And for them to come together as a, as a group relatively quickly, under Dan Campbell's leadership, and they really kind of bought into being that tough, tenacious type of football team last year, even though a lot of people viewed them as uh, a team that wasn't even going to put much up of a fight. They really did. They had a ton of very close games, basically like within a field goal, and to determine, mm -hmm. a, a, you know, they were kind of like a 500 team by the end of the season, 
but a lot of people expect them to be like a, a you know really bad. They expect them to only have like four wins. Yeah, uh, for they the beat a lot of those playoff teams or even and brought they proved, it close. They really proved mm-hmm. themselves last year and what they had then. Now they not only improved this roster, just like Jim mentioned, DJ Chark comes in on a one-year prove-it deal. Can he stay healthy? And that's going to be a huge you know proponent for Jared Goff to throw to. Not to mention the rookie that they got. When they got him in the first round, mm-hmm. Jamison Williams, who, to be honest with you, if he was fully healthy coming into the draft, would have been the number one receiver taken. Mm-hmm. And the Lions just happened, just happened to fall in their lap. Mm-hmm. So uh, kudos to them on that draft pick. And also Aiden Hutchinson uh, to bring a premier elite type of pass rusher to this, this much-needed defensive line. Uh, so you got two premier draft picks that guys on both sides of the ball that are going to make big plays for this team so as much and we've seen them kind of improve this offensive line as well like we we talked about it last year like if they could Mm -hmm. just improve the old line somehow they could be even more uh dominant so let's wait and see what this lions team is going to look like on the football field via versus on paper uh, but I, I do see a little bit more wins in the future for the Lions. All right. All Trending right. upward for me. Nice. I like it. All right. Here we go. How's the stock on the Green Bay Packers here, Joe? Again, oh, uh, they lock Can in Aaron Rodgers. Uh, this, this is funny, too, because, again, you lock in Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, but then you go in and trade Devontae Adams here. Uh, and then even in the draft, you know, a lot of uh, – um, you know, analysts have said they had did really well in the draft and stuff like that, which, I mean, I, I think they did all right here, too. But, uh, you know, still, I think not addressing some of the situations that they really have. I mean, yes, they go and get uh, Christian Watson here in the second round, but mm-hmm. then you're still looking at Alan Lazard, Vandal Cobb as your a slot receiver. Um not too big on that and stuff like that. But then you got sneaky uh, Sammy Watkins here, too. Maybe he can uh, have a showing here for that and maybe move up that depth chart a little bit here over top of uh, Randall Cobb. Uh, but um, getting some guys here on, on defense, a linebacker DN situation here, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this team, I think, is on borrowed time right now with the way it's been interacting with Aaron Rodgers, uh, with the GM here in, in Gutekunst, and then also Matt LaFleur here. Mm-hmm. How long is this going to uh, mend together and, and, and really blend? Because they made it to, uh, I think it was even back-to-back champion NFC Championship games, or at least close, not last season, but the season before, right there to be on the knocking, right on the doorstep of getting that Super Bowl that they've yeah. kind of almost promised these Green Bay Packers fans that they were going to do. And now you're not going to do it with your star wide receiver here. So what's the show that you're not going to, that you're going to even get as far as you did last season here with less, you know, from in, in my kind of in my opinion here. Well, I think the offense is going to be the biggest difference than what we were accustomed to seeing mm-hmm. from Green Bay. Obviously, because Devontae Adams is no longer there, mm-hmm. you know, and now they need to find a new uh, big time threat at, at the number one receiver position. And I just don't simply see it being the rookie Christian Watson mm-hmm. just yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, he still needs to further develop his game. Like, listen, when he was in college, they didn't really throw to him a ton. It mm-hmm. was more of a running type of offense, which he wasn't really a part of. He was more, uh, more of a blocker than he was receiving threat. So he needs to work on his route running uh, and, and he's going to develop over the course of some games, but he's not going to have those 
those little bit of tendencies that Devontae had or, or maybe make the right read on the defense where Aaron Rodgers might get frustrated, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like, oh, how, how come you didn't read the same thing I read? You know what I mean? Yep. On that play. So there's going to be a little bit of frustration early on, I feel like, from Aaron Rodgers not having Adams in the building anymore. And he might not have that. He's not going to have that same connection to a rookie or to maybe even some of these players that have been there, like Alan Lazard. He does have a connection with him, but it's not the same. It's not. There's nobody under Watson, even though he's a rookie and hasn't been proven yet. There's nobody under Watson on this receiving core that is a dynamic threat. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That has speed or they're just phenomenal route runners. So that's going to limit this team. Like you, Like talk about Sammy Watkins, like you mm-hmm. brought him up. Very quick, had a lot of speed, but now he's aging. So mm-hmm. how much how much speed does he still have after injury, after injury, after injury that he sustained? Uh, so there's a lot more question marks, I feel like, on this offense yeah. than there are defense. The defense got stronger. They've kind of really kind of built that up with the draft, uh, with Quay Walker now being drafted from them, Devontae Wyatt coming from Georgia, who is a perfect counterpart to Kenny Clark already there on the D-line. And what do you and think about even the secondary uh, jumping onto the running back situation? That's where their kind of strength is on the offense. If we saw right. what A.J. Dillon was capable of doing, yeah. we know how Aaron Jones is. Right. I mean, do they flex them both out at the same time in different slot spots, you know, sorry, in a receiving game, uh, get it going to get this offense uh, geared around the run game So instead of even Aaron Rodgers in the passing game to alleviate some of that stress? I'm not sure that they're going to line up Jones out in the slot because that's where they have Randall Cobb. I don't think they're going to do too much uh, changes in terms of that. Mm-hmm. I do see them having twin backs, maybe. Twin backs. Mm-hmm. You know, have, mm-hmm. having uh, you know Godzilla on on the right side, mm-hmm. and then you have Aaron Jones on the or yeah, Aaron yep, Jones yep. on the left side. Yep. And maybe you're not really sure who's going to get the ball, or maybe they're going to throw it to one of them. You know what I mean? So they're going to play with that mm-hmm. kind of that and kind of ha- create some plays for those players out of the backfield. But again. This is what's going to be the hardest part is teams' defenses are going to key on their running game. They're going to try to yeah. make – I know this sounds weird, but they're going to try to make the Packers a one-dimensional team and almost dare Rodgers to try to beat the, their defense with these uh, other receivers that they mm-hmm. have now. Mm-hmm. No, lo- no longer to, have to the, run or do whatever. Yeah, yeah. no longer mm-hmm. have a fear of Devontae Adams that they got to worry about. Because right. even when they double-teamed him, it didn't work. Now it's like, oh, all right, we're gonna shut, we're gonna try to shut down your 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 running game and and passing out of the backfield. Let, let's see you beat us with these receivers that you got now. Yeah, so I mean, for the Green Bay Packers, for me, to me, they're trending downward. Yeah, I was gonna say a thing. This stock is kind of low right now. Again, they're expected to do well and stuff, but uh, just because it is Aaron Rodgers and the franchise, the way it has been successful, but again, right. with, with losing some of the things that they have. Uh, you know, I'm not, it's, it's a big question and, mark. And we're not saying so that they're going to be a bad team. Yeah, That's yeah, not exactly. What we're, saying. Yeah. we're just, you know, we're just talking about where they're trending. Trending, yeah. You know what I mean? So uh, the other thing that I'll mention, too, is that Rodgers hasn't been the healthiest, you mm-hmm. know, th- at this stage in his career. Seems like he's always yeah. playing with a nicked up foot or an ankle and it's even, or a knee. Even right now, if you look at it. Now, say if they did go and get some of those wide receivers that are still out there even, too, in, mm-hmm. in free agency. We're yeah. just talking about right now and moves that they've made in this offseason so right. far. So Julio Jones? For, for first, yeah, somebody like that, a good, reliable guy that might be a little Julio. older, longer in the tooth, but still, again, uh, has the smarts, knows, can pick up the playbook and just go and kind of be that go-to guy to go up and get it. 
I think Julio Jones is like a shoe in It would make it would all the nice. sense in the world right now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, so move on to the uh, Minnesota Vikings here. And again, uh, they're moved on they, with their head coach. So they got a whole new coach in uh, Kevin O'Connell here. Uh, Justin Jefferson, it showed that he could be that, boom, number one guy here over top of Adam Thielen here. They didn't miss Stefan Diggs in a, in a heartbeat at all. Uh, but these guys, you know, looking pretty solid, but not being able to get over that hump. And this is the thing is that's always kind of haunted this team. Uh, the Christian, uh, the Christian, the Kirk Cousins deal. It hasn't really paid off. It hasn't paid dividends. You want to talk about buying stock, investing in the stock and stuff like that, and paying dividends. This investment in Kirk Cousins hasn't paid their dividends so much that it's even got their head coach fired too on top of things. Uh, they do go and make some moves and get Zadarius Smith in the offseason here too. Uh, they got Jordan Hicks too. Uh, so they're trying to help out that defense who has been aging a little bit, but too, but they only fill it in uh, with some other guys. But uh, they're still kind of in that spot to me that they're still kind of the same old team in that mediocre spot until you can kind of get over that hump for me. I really like the personnel that they have on offense in here, mm-hmm. but I'm not so sure about that defense. Dalvin Tomlinson has looked good for the Giants at times, but uh, you know I see the different movements on defense, but I'm not sure what I'm going to get out of that. So uh, I think stock's low in this team for me. Uh, for the Vikings, you know they've kind of been like a mediocre 500-ish type of team for a while and and that's kind of where Zimmer even though he had a winning culture mm-hmm. when he was the head coach there he just couldn't get over the that hurdle like you like you mentioned like mm-hmm. he just couldn't get past you know not only make it into the playoffs but get farther in get to mm-hmm. the championship game and maybe even get into the Super Bowl at least just couldn't get over that hurdle there so they bring in a new regime there's there's going to be a little bit of a you know uh, a period of time for the Vikings where they're going to have to try to get used to a lot of changes now. New offensive scheme, new defensive scheme, and there's a lot of different faces now on this roster. Mm-hmm. You know, so with that being said, it's going to come down to how fast they can digest the offensive playbook and the defensive playbook to see where they truly can be mm-hmm. as a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think offensively, they're still going to be solid, they're going to be okay. I mean, they got great weapons with Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook. You know what I mean? Like, they have weapons to to put up points, and their de- and their offensive line is getting younger and better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I don't have any real questions about offense. But when you talk about defense, because of there's so many new faces, mm-hmm. you don't know how this defense is going to come together. Uh, and hopefully, for their sake, it can come together relatively quickly. If so this team could be trending upwards. If not, this team could just be a, a flatline type of team and just stay the course and be like a mediocre team going into the season. But for me, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, and I'm going to say that they're going to be trending upwards with this new regime in place, mm-hmm. and let's see where they can head. Yeah, and I think I'm going to switch up, not even like say the stock is low. I'm going to say it's about neutral just flat because – Flatline just because, again – this is the time to strike because look right. at the Green Bay Packers even too. You're not sure what even is going to happen yeah, without they that could offense. Easily so if you them. balance their deep their their offense, mm-hmm. I say that I've got the the Minnesota Vikings higher on the offensive situation, uh, even though Kirk Cousins there stuff. And there's but, more familiarity. Yeah, with them. but and again that defense, the question marks. They did attack you know the things in the draft too by getting Booth and they got seen too as well in the secondary. So again, Still a lot of new proven. faces got to be proven to do what they do, uh, and that's where I think Green Bay kind of has a lot of the same guys there coming back and more gelled here same uh, defensive coordinator so 
Uh, that's the, the balancing kind of act. Yeah, right? it's kind of the balancing act. So yeah, that's why I'll move it up to like a, a stay balanced. But again, they have have a high ceiling. Uh, so um, here, let's move on now. Oh, before we get into the next division, I want to yes, tell sir. you guys about my friends at uh, Mohawk Honda. Joe, that's what right, Mohawk Honda. Do you know, I love Mohawk Honda. I tell you guys all the time. I see them. I drive by them all the time. Every day by do you work. Wave, they though? I do. You know, okay. I smile every time I go by Mohawk Honda. And it, it, I wave and smile hope that they, and might, wave. they might see me there. Smile but and wave, boy. I, I'm actually, you know, it's terrible because I tell you, keep your eyes on the road stuff, but my neck is always <laughs> turned looking at the inventory that's there, Joe. I'm looking at see what the new inventory they're rolling in every day and stuff. And the, the new stuff that they're doing for the community, Joe. They always help Excellent. out the community. They also own uh, Mohawk Chevrolet, which is uh, just up the road a bit in Malta. And they had the thing for the Special Olympics today uh, and had the oh, athletes nice. there and signing autographs and stuff like that. And, and, and all the Albany Empire was there, too, as well. And they signed, cool, passed around a cool. big football between the athletes of the Special Olympics and the football team. Awesome. And they're going to auction off the autograph memorabilia. And the money raised from that is going to go to to charities and stuff like that. Very so cool. I think, and this Very is the cool. thing that the Harridan family does here for Mohawk Honda and uh, the community and, and, and Mohawk Chevrolet. They're just all about helping out the community and the people. And it's all about you there at Mohawk Honda. They go out of their way to please you, and that's their slogan because that's what they really do. They care about you out there. They're not some guys out there see you walk on the lot. Instantly, there's a guy in your face like, hey, what's up? What are you looking for? Yeah, I can get you in this and get you that. Da -da -da. Hey, let's sit down. Let's work the numbers. They're just like, hey, man, check it out. We'll see what, tell us what you think. I'm here if you need me. You know, blah, blah. Let me know what you're into. There you go. Or even you, you go. can just do go to MohawkHonda.com. You can put in the make and model of your vehicle. Get the Kelly Blue Book instant cash offer right there, over there yes, on the spot sir. on the internet before you even leave your house. If you want to get a test drive, look at the car that you want. Order the test drive. They come drive and pick you up in that car, and they'll do, do, do the test drive right there. That's cool. You don't need to go there at all, even. That say, hey, you come to me, baby. And that's what they do because they care about you out there. Mohawk Honda, sales professionals out there to get you in the, the car that you want, the budget that you like, that fits your lifestyle. MohawkHonda.com, and they're on Freeman Bridge Road. Check them out. And also follow them on Facebook and, and Twitter and all that stuff to see all the it. great things they're doing with the community. And don't forget to mention us. Ooh, don't forget we to mention. You, you heard about out. from the Football on the No Show. That's right. Absolutely. All right, so now let's get to uh, a team that doesn't do very well, you know, for their, their <laughs> fan base and stuff. We're talking about the, uh, the, the Atlanta Falcons here, Joe. Uh, again, uh, this uh, a lot of head scratchers, I think, all together with, with this team. What's funny is, is uh, they still go draft uh, wide receiver here, which mm -hmm. we kind of knew they were going to go yeah, wide receiver, uh, but it ends up being London Drake. Uh, Drake they, London. Yeah, Drake, yeah, Drake London, sorry. Uh, uh, Don't they be go and get They get uh, Brian Edwards all here, which I, I kind of like that little move here from Vegas and stuff. But if you look at their wide receiver core altogether, it's very dull. You know, not a whole lot going on. But, again, maybe Auden Tate can, can kind of jump into there. You know what I mean? That's a nice love little hidden spot. Uh, mm -hmm. We saw it where a team was revolving around Cordell Patterson last year, uh, and they've, they've now dra uh, traded away uh, Matt Ryan. But then you fit in Marcus Mariota. Now, what is the timeline on Mariota? You know me. I'm not a big fan of Mariota. I, I know, know you like maybe the situation like that he Mariota. had there with the, the Raiders and stuff, and they had a lot of big fans for him here. But they also let you know that in the third round, they go and get Desmond Ritter here, which a lot steal. of people are, are high on. And like you said, that that's a good steal here. So 
I mean, what's it going to take here? Is it, how long are we going to see Marcus Mariota uh, here at the helm the whole season? Is he going to get injured? Uh, is the the offense really going to roll uh, roam around like him <clears throat> now being part of the run game? Because you didn't have that in with with Matt Ryan. You know, he's not a threat to maybe take no, off run. He's, he's not running the pistol <laughs> offense. So it, uh, for I got to tell you this for Arthur Smith being like we talked about him when he got the head coaching spot here for the the Titans. Um, he was that 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 career type of tight ends coach or this coach and that yeah, coach yeah, yeah, not yeah. really that guy but when he got into that head coaching spot he was like that's it you know i'm going to be that guy that's going to be asking for help you know when he was the offensive coordinator yeah, for not the afraid Titans. To. yeah well how am i going to run plays here what am i going to do here do that mm -hmm. think outside the box ask for help get it going and Lo and behold, we had Corderell Patterson being the guy that was a major, you know, staple in this offense, which mm -hmm. I don't think anybody ever saw that coming at no all. A guy who's kind of been floating around on rosters that been that kick returner type of guy, stuff like that. Not a star wide receiver anymore, uh, but main focal point. So you've got him there with Marcus Mariota. Uh, so that's the one thing I'm watching with this team. Again, not a whole lot of talent, though, uh, you know, for wide receivers there. So what are we going to see? We're going to see mainly running here in this offense. Uh, and then, again, trying to do some things here on defense where they're kind of, uh, I think, in build mode, too, where, you know, also you got Deion Jones there. Star is still recovering from injury. Uh, a lot of just question marks with this team here still. Didn't do very well last year, but maybe they take a whole different type of, uh, you know, um, you know, what's identity this year. So I'm just going to say stock's really low on this team. Maybe you buy it, buy it pretty soon. <laughs> you know what uh, I mean? Because so who knows? Quick, maybe you can get it turned around. Real quick, I, I have to disagree with you on the receiver part, though, uh, because there's a lot of, like, lower-tier names, but with big-time big potential. Big-time potential. Like, right? Auden I get, Tate. I get you there. Auden yeah, Tate is going. I'm saying there. I, listen, I, we, I've watched him ball out for the Bengals. You know what I mean? I like the guys not only have tremendous size. And it, this is kind of what... I, I kind of uh, uh, you know kind of kind of make a a, a a suggestion here for the Falcons is stop trying to make a basketball team because that's what it seems like they're trying to do. I mean, when you got a guy like Drake London who's like near six five, and then you got Auden Tate who's a six four receiver, and then you have Brian Edwards who's like six three. It seems to me that they're going for a lot of size at that receiving core, and, and when you have a lot of these physical big type of type of a wide receivers and don't forget Olamide Zacchaeus who actually burst on the scene last year and kind of was helping out Matt Ryan when Calvin Ridley wasn't around uh, so they have some lower tier names but I feel like they're going to make big impacts this season for this team they did pull off a trade for Brian Edwards from Vegas who I see him still as more of like a possession guy shouldn't be played outside but if you got Drake London on one side, you have Auden Tate maybe or Zacchaeus on the other side, and then in the slot you have Brian Edwards, I think that's a pretty darn good receiving core and kind of under the radar there for them. They have a solid offensive line. They And you bring up Marcus Mariota. There's a reason why they signed him. You know, Arthur Smith has big-time familiarity with him, and already Mariota knows the offense. Like, he's already familiar with it. He can jump right in. And, and kind of take the torch and, and, and run the, the offense the way it needs to be run. Uh, the the Desmond Ritter draft pick was an absolute steal in my eyes, taking him in the third round. And we've already heard accolades coming out of OTAs of him and saying, 
They're really impressed with him. They like what they see in him. And I think it's all going to be depending on how fast Ritter can learn the offense. Because that seems to be the theme for any young quarterback that comes in with a chance to maybe get that starting position. Uh, Marcus Mariota, nothing against him. But when they drafted a young potential candidate to be that starter, if he can learn this offense just as good as Mariota does, Falcons might have a tough decision then. Then it might be you might have to go with the young kid because he's already caught up to speed. Uh, but again, you bring up a good point, though, too, Jim, is Mariota, can he stay healthy? Uh, we noticed last year with the Raiders in a backup role, he played one snap in the season. And did a, a quarterback, you know, boot and just took off running like 50, 60 yards down the field and all of a sudden gets tackled and he's like, oh, I'm hurt. And one play. Mm -hmm. So that's what you kind of got to worry about with Mariota uh, as as a starter there. But other than that, I feel like they have a underrated type of a roster that could do some damage, but I don't see them kind of eclipsing and making a push, obviously, for the division. They're mm -hmm. still in rebuild mode. I do think they're going to surprise some people with what they have. Uh, so for me, they are flatline, uh, and, and I, I don't expect too much from them. Yeah, I've realized. I think I've been really putting a low stock on everybody, I think, during this whole thing. <laughs> but uh, maybe well, I just don't just, expect a whole just, lot of uh, yeah, about anybody, it. Just, but, it just means, you know, you uh, have higher standards. You know what's funny? Because I didn't them. think about it, too. Like, when we were talking about our, our quarterbacks with something to prove, did we even bring up Marcus Mariota? Because I think he probably has something to prove, too. I don't think we did. Maybe. Yeah, no, we didn't we bring did. him up because that's probably a good uh, – point too that i think marcus Mariota probably has something to prove because he's been sitting there as a backup now for he the previous couple years prove, um, can you stay healthy stay healthy <laughs> and limit turnovers because he was getting if you as a starter here with the uh the titans he was getting more turnovers than he was uh, scores and stuff like that so hopefully yeah uh He's learned some stuff here being a, a, a backup. I here. think he's learned a lot from from Vegas. Uh, we've got uh, April, May, June in the house with us tonight. Holy moly. What's going on? Uh, I don't I like know what it. this means here, but she says baby, baby face, face. And she's laughing. So uh, does that, what does that mean? Does that mean Joe has a baby face or is it me? Do I have a baby face now? I'm not sure. But you might have uh, a what baby does that mean? Uh, yeah, but maybe she you was just wanted to bring up baby face. Have a know-it-all He's a great face. songwriter, baby face, by the way. Great. Yeah, a lot of big hits. Phenomenal voice. Yeah. He Phenomenal. should start writing songs for some of these guys that are out now. Maybe some of the uh, music yeah. will get better. You Good. know what I mean? There's a Very lot of terrible true. music out there. But, uh, so anyways, yeah. Well, th thanks for the comment. Uh, uh, let us know, everybody else here, too. Light up the comments. Uh, if there anything else you guys want to bring up about these teams, too, as well, we're going or through Jim's them all. Or baby face. Or my baby face, or maybe it's Joe's. Joe's baby face. Know. He's been the same age looking on, you know, over there for the past, I don't know, 10 years, Joe? Maybe. You just haven't aged. I don't know. You haven't aged. You're the ageless wonder. I do there. have gray hair, though. Uh, <laughs> I just can't see happened. it, though. See? <laughs> there you go. That's why I keep the mic there, man. I got to block that. <laughs> nice. All right. So here we go. We've got the uh, the Carolina Panthers. I might have that you know thing off center. But uh, the Panthers. All right. Let's take a look at them. Uh, Matt Rule here. And uh, these guys. Uh, but uh, the question mark for them, Sam Darnold again. How is he going to perform? Sammy. You know. 
again started off strong when he came to this team he not did. they picked up his you know uh, his fifth year option they you know, want to roll with him but again injuries stuff mm-hmm. like that you know not only just to him but you know constant injuries of uh, Christian McCaffrey too uh, but it was nice with them is they found uh, another star in Chuba Hubbard here behind there too so mm-hmm. they can go uh, two-headed monster in the backfield too all day if they want to do this here like you said uh, with the Packers maybe put uh, two back sets or something that have some fun with that um but are we going to see a full season here with Sam Darnold? And how's he going to play? Is he going to get back to where he was, where you saw him connecting with Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore and these guys that he's familiar with? Uh, or, again, they go and draft uh, Matt Corral here in the third uh, to move on again, some good value picks there. Uh, but this team has kind of been trending upwards if they could only get that health bug, you know, off their backs. If you get a full season, bug. yeah. If you get if you get a full season of Christian McCaffrey and then a quarterback that can keep it together too as well, I think the ceiling is high for this team. And, yeah. and with the way this division is cracking up here, with also Tom Brady coming back out of retirement, uh, kind of extending his career, right. I think a little too yeah. long now. Uh, that you kind of expect that's going to be the cream of the crop of this division. Absolutely. But it's the the, the tides are turning, I think. The, the gears are turning. This is the time for this team to start going up. So I think right now, injury bug going down, I think their stock's pretty high right now. Yeah, and this is a very young team, and, and they've kind of been slowly growing together, especially defensively. They've been amazing on that side of the ball. Now, the offense, it looked promising early on last season. You know, Sam Darnold comes in, learns the offense, starts distributing the football to DJ Moore, you know, and and Robbie Anderson, and everything's great, right, for the first five games. Uh, They went 5-0 in the beginning of of last season. And then, dun-dun-dun, Darnold goes down with an injury. Uh, As soon as that happens, uh, you know, the wheels kind of fall off. You know, they don't really have any, like, real real uh, uh, leadership at the quarterback position. They're trying to scramble around and, and uh, maybe potentially bring in someone that could help them get back in their winning ways, but it just didn't work out. And then when Dar- Darnold did come back from his injury, it was a little too late to get back into the hunt. So uh, this is a young Panther team that I really do like, especially defensively, and they've kind of added more firepower on that end. Uh, I really I'm excited for the the draft pick that they got in Iki Ikwanu, who I think is going to be like the ends up being the best offensive lineman taken uh, in this past draft. I just love this team. I, I like what they have at their at their disposal with uh, Terrace Marshall Jr., who came in last year as a rookie. Look for him to get even better. So they have a well-rounded roster, well-rounded offensive line. Let's just keep Sam Darnold upright and see where this team could go for. And not to mention, like you were saying, McCaffrey is back yet again. Mm-hmm. And the big question is, McCaffrey, contract year, do they trade him before week eight or do they try to work out a long-term deal to keep him there in Carolina? That's going to be interesting to, to keep an eye on. And uh, other than that, I have high hopes for this team. They are trending upwards in my eyes. All right, there you go. Let's move on to now the New Orleans Saints under Dennis Allen now. Yeah, there you go. So we don't have, uh, you know, Sean Payton there anymore. Uh, Yeah, that's right. They go and draft a wide receiver, which I can, we were kind of trending that they were going to do. They go and get Chris Olave here. Uh, they they draft um, Trevor Penning here for the left tackles position here on offensive line. So try and help that out here for them. Uh, but mainly, you know, uh, you know, 
they make some moves here too. Uh, we, we'll focus on that real quick and get it. Marcus May, uh, Tyron Matthew here in the back too, as they made some changes here in the backfield. But a lot of the upper uh, front is a lot of the same here for that defense. And uh, so basically, the question here for them is how Jameis is going to play. What kind of Jameis are we going to get? Um, what's the leash on them too? Because they go and get now. Not only they've had Taysom Hill there, been playing that song and dance back mm -hmm. and forth with Jameis well, Winston. Uh, they've got they go. That's what I mean. They've shown that he's done. They go and get Andy Dalton, the veteran here, to back up Jameis Winston now. Now is that in case there might be an injury maybe with Jameis Winston, or is it really just that if he doesn't perform and he ends up being that thirty for thirty guy, can get you those touchdowns, but then those dumb turnovers that he's known for doing. Uh, do they pull the trigger and go to Andy Dalton, the, the true veteran who has been able to get some teams to the playoffs? Played well, I think, even when he was with the um, the, the Cowboys, I think, for a sort of some, some time, too. He played decent for them. I'm hoping that with Dennis Allen now as the head coach, he gets a little creative. Now, he's a defensive-minded right, guy. Right, yeah. Uh, so he's more concentrated on that defensive side and keeping that rolling. But offensively, this is going to be interesting because it'll be the first time that they are without Sean Payton, one of the best offensive geniuses in football, former, used to be in football. Uh, and this is where it's going to be a little different than what we're used to because I don't know what kind of offense they are going to run. It could be similar, mm -hmm. but it's not going to be the same. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing for them is they needed weapons, and they attacked that in the draft. You know, Chris Olave, the big-time speedster that he is. And they also signed Jarvis Landry mm -hmm, out of free agency. Mm -hmm. To team them up with, guess who's returning? Michael Thomas. So as long as Michael Thomas can come back healthy and return to the ways of him catching the football that he that he once was uh, with, with, you know, with, the, uh, with the, the Hall of Fame quarterback that they had, I, I think this, this receiving core goes from being like a you know, subpar to now it has the potential to be something great for them. Right. Uh, not to mention they pair the another draft pick up in the first round, Trevor Penning, mm -hmm. who I viewed as one of my best offensive tackles coming out and a vicious man. They plug him at left tackle. Mm -hmm. Jaron Armstead, goodbye. Mm -hmm. Now we, we plug in Penning. So they didn't really lose anything. And, and if they were going to lose a piece here and there, they managed to replace it with something just as good or even better. And on the defensive side, I'm super excited because now you get to see Tyron Matthew mm -hmm. in the back end of that defense uh, with Marshawn Lattimore corner mm -hmm. with with uh, you know uh, Paulson Adebo who was a rookie uh, you know a year ago, and let's see now he's going to get a chance to just start opposite uh, Lattimore. So there's a lot of good things happening for the Saints. I look for this defense to continue doing what they do best, creating havoc in the in the backfield getting after the quarterback and picking the ball off over the middle of the football field. So offensively is where the big question mark is. No Peyton, no Sean Peyton offense. You know, let's see what they're going to do there. Now you mentioned Andy Dalton. That to me is an insurance policy. Mm -hmm. So if Winston mm -hmm. doesn't work out, they have a veteran that they could kind of try to replace him with yep. and, and maybe get something going with him. But they can't wait too long in the season. Mm -hmm. So... Winston might, in fact, have a short leash. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we do know that Winston has a leg up on Dalton because of his understanding of the personnel there. But Dalton is a, is a professional, mm -hmm. and he could come in, learn this playbook relatively quickly, 
and be ready when his number's called. Absolutely. So for me, I think uh, with basing off of where they were last year yeah. and then even the moves that they've made here, mm -hmm. I, for me, I think their stock is high, you know, okay. I mean, you know, at least trending upwards. Okay. Just because last year, we didn't know who the starting receiver is going to be. One week, Callaway would have some catches. One week, it would be, you know, Traquan Smith. Well, it was like all was. over. Was yeah, well, well, I know, but I mean, it wasn't putting up great numbers. The team was just kind of up and down. It really had to rely on Alvin Kamara to do something here. Get yeah, it going. They, they didn't have Winston. Right. So, I mean, they didn't have a lot, you know. So then now they've added some of those weapons. So, like I said, that wide receiver core before they made some of those moves wasn't really that impressive. Now that it looks like they have something here. Now if they get the offense going with Winston, then it could potentially be something. So I think it, from last year to now, I think their stock has gone up. Well, last year to now, they didn't have a receiving core last year. Right. And they just had to rely on a right. rookie. And that's why we're talking you know about the mean? moves that they've done after but the draft and where, where the stock is now. Right. But that's really all they were missing. Like, Winston right. was the biggest yeah, key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like yep. if they still had Winston, they would have been able to win more games because they wouldn't have had to play, you know, musical chairs with that quarterback position Ooh, yeah 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 and yeah. let's just face it Taysom Hill is not a quarterback no we know that. yeah, yeah I exactly. actually I actually hope that with this new offense they use Taysom Hill as a tight end right because I think he'll be deadly as a tight end that would be cool that'd be cool all right now let's move on now to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to wrap up this division all right, uh, Joe, what do you think? What do you think about the Buccaneers? I mean, That's anything different here? I mean, Buccaneers. they brought a lot of the same guys back here. No Gronk. Uh, well, yep, no Gronk so far. <laughs> yeah, all right. But, no uh, Sue. But, again, I think one of the major things for them is they've got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin there still together. And they bring in Russell Gage, too, I think was, was a nice piece that was over there in uh, Atlanta. Now comes back here with these guys and Tom Brady. So, I mean, still solid here, I think, on the offensive line. Still not a big turnaround here. Uh, they lost a little bit, but – um, all in all, again, this has got to be the team to beat in this division. They add uh, Logan Ryan from the Giants still here, too, here at the safety position. So pretty much gelling the same type of guys, added veterans back into this team, though. So that's a thing that this team has been doing for the last two years or so, or three years since Tom Brady's been there. Mm -hmm. uh, so right now, they've kind of got to be the, the team, like I said, to beat in this division. Um, so right now, I think their stock is still high, but what's going to happen as the as the uh, uh year goes for me i mean i think again tom brady he only spent a little time over there in retirement it's coming back so i don't think there's going to be <laughs> that much of a fall off from what he's going to do but he keeps extending his career and you keep playing with and dangling with the hands of time there too you don't want it to come back and get you uh you know it is what it is at this point like listen the reason why tom came back as we all know that he absolutely Giselle still got sick of a man there for absolutely last, still know, for loves minutes, football yeah. to the point where and and just to, just to say Giselle wants him to quit football. Yeah, she yeah. does not want yeah, him I to know. play anymore. Yeah, I know. Uh, so for him to come back, it just means that when he decided to retire, he was like after like a few weeks passed, he was like, Man, you know what? I don't think I'm ready. I don't think I'm ready to retire. I think I want to keep playing this game that I love. And then, boom, he makes his announcement. He's coming back. And everybody loses their minds. They're like, what? Tom, you're supposed to quit. You're supposed to leave. Damn it. Tom's back. <laughs> so that just gave Tampa Bay a, a big boost of not only confidence, but uh, to know and be reassured that they have a true quarterback there this upcoming season. And they didn't really lose much of anything. Uh, so, and that's the real reason why I think Tom came back. If there was a major overhaul with this roster, 
I think that would have played a huge part in his decision to come back. And he'd be like, oh, I'm not really buying this. It's too much change. But he knows himself. I, ha- I still have a solid offensive line. I have great weapons to utilize around me. The defense is still solid and healthy once again. I'm coming back. And he's going to lead this team, and it's most likely going to lead it to another divisional championship. All right, so I guess your stock's high on there. It's still, high right? on there, bro. How could it not be? Yeah, right? Absolutely. All right, so moving on to uh, the next and final division here in the NFC. Uh, we're going to move to the uh, Arizona Cardinals here. Now, the Arizona Cardinals oh, have this been is picked as the team that's going to be on hard knocks, uh, which I think uh, could be interesting in its own mindset here just because, again, you're hearing Kyler Murray. He's not showed up to OTAs yet. Again, it's voluntary. It's voluntary. But he's, again, you're hearing from his camp. You know, we saw about the thing with uh, removing everything yeah, about the Cardinals from Twitter, all this other over. nonsense, looking to do something here, a new deal, whatever. Um, so I think to be able to follow that possibly in the, in the offseason, if he really has a return or if he has, that there's still negotiations going on. Uh, I'm wondering how much of that might be part of that that show. I think if we get to de- delve behind the scenes of some of that, I think it will be so pretty interesting. how the HBO series works is the team itself gets to pick and choose what, what gets is displayed. Mm-hmm. So I have a hard – So I'm wondering that. They're not say, even going to show that. Right. Well, what if they do – like, uh, what, say if they nah. do this, though. Say if they get he's in negotiations, but then they try and release whatever they want to make it paint it look like that he's like the bad guy. The no, whole they're not going to do that. Right? Uh, no, because teams stay away from all that negativity because they don't want they definitely don't want teams and or fans knowing what exactly is going on behind closed mm-hmm. doors. Mm-hmm. They only they you only see or hear what they want you to. Mm-hmm. So. Nothing going to be like really, you know, secretive that you're going to get to 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 find out about that situation or the Cardinals for the for that matter. Mm-hmm. But what we do know is that Kyler Murray is back in the good graces of the Cardinals. Everybody can relax. He put pictures back up and <laughs> and everything is okay now. Yeah. He threw his little toddler fit, uh, you know, about being paid because Deshaun Watson, you know, has his money and this guy and that guy and Derek Carr signed and where's my money? Well, he has a right to say that because his contract is getting coming to a close, his rookie deal that he had. So now he wants to get paid, mm-hmm. and he does deserve to get paid because not only is he a true franchise quarterback at this point, you know, he, he wants to be paid like the other big boys because mm-hmm. uh, he's a little leprechaun. Now, with this team, too, you see them bring back A.J. Green uh, mm-hmm. early on and once the offseason kind of hit and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but the, I think the thing that we kind of were interested – during the draft night, you know, it kind of blew people's minds. I mean, we weren't in the same spot during the draft or whatever, but I'm sure you were thinking mm-hmm. the same kind of thing. When you hear about the Marquise Brown trade go down, mm-hmm. everyone's like, whoa, what the hell just happened? Blah, blah. Well, now look at that that wide receiving core. Man, you got Rondell Moore. You've got DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. But then you hear now, again, so they must have known everything's going to – the hammer's going right. to be dropped here. DeAndre Hopkins with the PEDs, you know, now is, he's getting suspended. Six suspension. Not, not going to be playing there. So – it makes sense to go and get Marquise Brown here to fill that spot. But then when he comes back, you've got it's fully loaded again. It's super yeah. sweet for uh, Kyler Murray again, not really losing a beat with losing uh, Christian uh, Kirk to over there, the Jacksonville Jaguars, when they want to overpay him. So they, they, didn't really, they didn't miss anything, and I think they've only gained by getting uh, Marquise Brown here. Yeah, Marquise Brown will finally be utilized as a, a complete receiver in this offense. Kyler Murray can throw it anywhere on the football mm-hmm. field. Mm-hmm. So with a guy like Hollywood Brown, 
who's going to attack deep down the field, he's going to really stretch opponents out to the point where like they're like, who do we defend? Shit. What week is it? Oh, it's week seven. DeAndre Hopkins comes back. Mm-hmm. Now we got to defend DeAndre Hopkins, Marquise Brown, Rondell Moore, and the guy that's going to kind of be the dark horse of, of the receiving core is A.J. Green. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm hoping that with this very versatile type of receiving core that they kind of move these guys around almost like maybe not Hopkins. Cause he's like, he's the, he's one of the goats there on that team. Mm-hmm. He's going to lock it down on one side, but AJ green would be a, a very unique piece to move him slot outside on different, uh, different plays. So, and don't forget our boy, Andy Isabella is mm-hmm. still on the still roster. There, there, he just floating. doesn't get playing time. No. So, uh, they were looking to trade him, and it just never happened. But you got to wonder at some point, like, this poor guy, is he ever going to get a shot? Because mm-hmm. we've seen how dynamic he is in his speed. But, man. But other than that, they listen, they get they got a good offensive line. They're still, you know, honed in on that, on that position. Zach Ertz coming back again for another year. And they get my number one tight end out of the draft in Trey McBride. Wow. All I got to say is this offense is not only super potent now, Good luck trying to stop it because they have James Conner coming back. You know, Darrell uh, Williams signed from the Chiefs, who I think is a very underrated running back. He's coming over to help. And then defensively, we thought this defense was going to look scary last year and how good they were playing mm-hmm. was awesome. They just got more dangerous. Uh, they, they not only are going to be coming together for another season under the same defense, which makes them even better because they're going to have a full understanding of what is expected from each player. I I, I just think this is going to be an awesome season. Mm-hmm. We saw them last year, right? Yeah. They, they they were really pushing for that number one seed. Right. And and, and it, things kind of fell apart fell a little apart bit. Fell apart at the end of training. Uh, the wheels came off the, but the, the caboose. But I, I to me, they're st- they're trending mm-hmm. upwards still. Yep. Uh, they, they haven't dived down at all for me. Yeah, I agree with it there, too. I think their stock's high. We got to see a taste of, of what they are to become. Uh, there's one of those teams, they're like, like we thought, we saw it. We, we picked them for the division even, too, and they were yeah, there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, but they were like that team, like we saw maybe like with the uh, the the Bengals. They're like they started to kick up like they were supposed to, but they acted like we were like they're there, and now we think this year is that next step uh, to where now the Bengals. They we thought we, they were trending up, but then they took it took it to a whole nother level and got a lot <laughs> further than we all thought. So a little premature there. Right. Uh, so, but they're in that same type of realm there. So I, I agree with you too that the stock's high. Just unfortunately in a tough division here with the t- likes like uh, this team right here, the 49ers, and then also the Rams. Uh, so 49ers right here, Joe. Uh, what do you think? So what do you got here for their stock? Uh, you've heard the the, the rumors <laughs> back and <laughs> forth with the trades constantly and stuff. But again, yeah. we've looked at the. Um, the stats with Garoppolo, the way it's gone. We're looking at our lads right now. Shout out to our lads again. And they've got Trey Lance penciled here in at the number one spot mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny because on the opposite of, of, of you know, things with uh, if you follow the, the storyline and stuff like that, he hasn't looked good in camp so far. Uh, and they haven't talked about trading uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, especially because he has that little bit of that injury still there too. They, so. have, they have come out and they have discussed a possible trade. Um, Jimmy G has even said that the Niners are going to do right by him. And as long as he likes the situation, situation. it's going to be traded. Now, it's not solely up to Garoppolo. No, Niners, no, no. They find a good trade partner or a good trade. They're going to make it happen. Mm -hmm. But they're considering 
You know what I mean? Like they're yep. being the gentleman, sort of speak, of of this whole situation. They're saying, Jimmy, we're gonna try to help you out and put you in the best situation for you, but we also gotta do what's best for the Niners. Uh, and if this in fact happens, I'm gonna tell you right now. Listen, Trey Lance is penciled as a starter for a reason. They decided to take him with the third overall pick. And when you use that high of a pick, you got to eat it. You know, you have to play that player because this is going to determine whether if you have a long career or short. Mm -hmm. uh, because when you make that kind of a big decision on a quarterback, the, the biggest position in, in football, you better hit. And now you have to prove it because it's had a whole season of not being not showing too much on the football field, partly due to injury, but also partly because of his role at, in, in last year's roster. But Jimmy Garoppolo, I, I do kind of expect him to get traded eventually. Mm -hmm. Now, and if, if you have something like that, go ahead. Yeah. And if that happens, I, I like what they did in the draft and drafting in the third round. Danny Gray, who's a speedster receiver to help guys like Debo Samuel, not to mention Debo Samuel also, he's still looking to right, get a long-term right. extension before week eight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If week if week seven comes and they still haven't agreed on a long-term deal, I'm looking for Debo to also be traded. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's going to kind of flip this whole team on its head. Right. They have a solid offensive line. They did draft Trey Lance to be that successor. They have a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball, but this could change very quickly in terms of their offense being very different after week eight. Right. So if this happens, let's just say, for example, mm -hmm. Garoppolo's gone, traded, yeah, yeah. week five. Week six happens, Debo Samuel, now he's traded, he's gone, or even week seven. Now you're without your biggest weapon in Debo Samuel mm -hmm. and a veteran quarterback that led you to the Super Bowl one time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To me, the, to me, forget the defense. The defense is going to handle itself. Oh, yeah, it's, a, it's a good defense. Yeah. But if this – I'll just say this. If Jimmy Garoppolo gets traded alone, just him, this team is trending downward for me. Mm -hmm. and, and that's – and the reason why they're trending downward for me is because of the uncertainty of what's going to happen. If Jimmy G gets dealt, that means Trey Lance, that's it. This is your team now. You have to prove yourself, and you haven't proven anything just yet. All right, for me, again, I got to keep their stock low right now just because when you follow the stocks too, too, you look at trends, you look at uh, things that you're hearing. People are on it all the time, you know what I mean, and trying to, oh, I'm hearing this, maybe we should do this. Right now, with having the uncertainty that Jimmy G might not be there, right. that – Debo Samuel again, they're not, you know, it don't working things out too. You gotta try to figure out a deal. That uncertainty has for me is like boom, off limits. I'm not I'm not getting any of this. So I've got stock yeah, low I'm on this team it. right now. I'm selling yeah, this stock right, right now. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm taking it low. I'm right bailing. Now. I'm right. bailing. Absolutely. So talk about bailing and being low here too. I'm talking about the uh the Seattle Seahawks. Uh sorry, uh <laughs> You know, to our to our guys there over there in the in the West Coast here, uh, but sorry, Tom, Tom. Tom Leiter, uh, but uh, we can't can't deal with it. You know what I mean? We they, they let their star quarterback go. You know what I mean? You you, you let him go. You know, and uh, and what did you get back in return? You know, you got you know, what Drew Locke and stuff like that. And so where now even our lads has Geno Smith penciled in as number one right now. 
So, okay, so what uh, did you get on top of that? A couple picks and then Noah Fant, too. So, uh, again, they did get Charles Cross in the in, in the draft, which is really nice, though, too. That was a good that pick was a great for them, pick, a great yeah. pick for them, too, to help that offensive line that uh, has been needing help because, you know, if you look at, uh, um, you know, Russell Wilson's career, He's a career 40-sack guy, 40 you know plus. what I mean? So 40-plus every time. like He's up there in the numbers and getting sacked the most here. Uh, so now this team here is kind of in limbo for me. They, again, they've got to be at rebuild mode. They got rid of finally most all of the original uh, guys that were on the uh, – yeah, everybody from the Legion of Boom is gone. So now you're left with Jamal Adams there too. Who? So he, I'm waiting for him to complain about being on this team if they really start to lose a lot because you I, saw he did with the Jets uh, have issues here. Uh, so they're in full rebuild mode right now. Some people think even the, the Seahawks will tell you that they're feeling good about themselves and ready to go, but I don't see it. I'm not. They're blowing smoke in my ass, and I'm not smelling it here. You know, I'm good, man. I, I don't buy this. You know, when you got Geno Smith as your starter, we saw how he did in uh, you know with the New York Jets up here in the, in the East Coast here. I don't think anything that he's learned down there in Seattle has really showed that he can do something here. Uh, well, and the one thing the that he has that they a leg have. up on Drew already is he knows the offense. Yeah, that's that about true. it. Yeah, that's you know, probably because why he that's why he's uh, penciled in there. That's exactly why. You, you know? know, but I think Drew Locke will definitely end up being the starter by week one. Yep. So. I think he is a little bit better than Geno, mm-hmm. uh, and and he's going to love throwing to receivers like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and Marquise Goodwin. Even yeah, Marquise Goodwin there, right? Uh, so and uh, also D. Eskridge is a very fast receiver as well that they drafted in the second round last year. Look for him to kind of make uh, a splash this year as well. But I just don't buy it. I mean, you guys are definitely rebuilding. I do, however, love. The second round pick that they had in Kenneth Walker, who I had as my number one running back coming out. Uh, more, he's more of that mold of like a Marshawn Lynch, a guy that has decent speed, has power, can break tackles, uh, and can also catch out of the backfield and block for you. So he's a running back that can do everything extremely well, and that's going to help guys like Drew Locke coming in, a guy that can rely on his running back to take the rock once in a while. So... Uh, all in all, they are definitely in rebuild mode. Defensively, they got a lot of work to do. Let's just say that. When you lose Bobby Wagner, who was the backbone of this defense, even back in the Legion of Boom days, now you've lost a big portion of your defense. Uh, not just because of his play, but also because of his mindset and how smart he was in p- placing everybody in the right spots. Uh, Jamal Adams... Look for him to be the next guy before week eight that wants out of there, that wants to be traded mm-hmm. somewhere else. So mm-hmm. uh, I see that happening. Uh, other than that, they are in rebuild mode. Sorry, Seattle, but you uh, have a downward trend in my book. There you go. Now finally the, uh, the Los Angeles Rams returning champions. Uh, not a lot of turnaround with this team. Again, uh, they swapped some wide receivers out, but again, you don't really lose a whole lot because you do bring in Allen Robinson, who's been looking for a winning uh, culture here. So lucky for him, he goes right onto this team. And how deadly is that receiving core when you thought it was deadly last year? Yeah. Uh, you get this type of receiving core you're staring at here. Uh, again, Matthew Stafford's got to be looking at himself. He's like, I'm ready to size up another ring right here. You know, <laughs> let's get it done. Uh, and again, this is the time here too because this team has shown you too that. Salary cap don't mean shit. You know, they're, they're like, whatever, bro. We're, we're just banking in on it again. They've 
shelled out all their picks, even without having the picks that they that you know that they should have probably had. You know, missing picks this year again. Uh, able to just come back with the same type of team with this caliber and scoff at teams like the the uh, the New England Patriots for some of the picks that they have made and stuff like that. We've seen Sean McVay on draft night, uh, half in the bag, but. Um, I like it. I like the team again, staying solid. It's a lot of the same personnel there too. They do add Bobby Wagner or something like that too, where we said that you know uh, he he's now no longer with Seattle, but they add a veteran there too in that linebacker spot situation too mm -hmm. to to add to the 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 mix that they've had here. You know because they did have Von Miller on that you know type of loner type of deal last mm -hmm. season to make that push for the playoffs here. Now he's over there with the Buffalo Bills. Um, all in all, the same thing. Looks really good. They get um, in the third round, uh, Logan Bruss here, too, for the guard situation. Um, That's another good pick. Yeah, really sweet here for them. Uh, they don't have, you know, their, their stud uh, center anymore, you know, because he's retired. But this team is solid. It has got to be the cream of the crop right now, coming back as returning champions here. Um, for me, stock's high. But, again, I think they're on that short leash. They're still kind of got to ride this way for the next two years. And, I, and, you, and you see this trend happening in the NFL across the way. Uh, teams that are willing to trade their high picks for a player mm -hmm. to get them over the top or to even further excel uh, that production level for that team to kind of to take over games on, on, against certain opponents, against their division rivals or – or even interconference rivals. Uh, so you're seeing that trend, and it was started by the Rams. Mm -hmm. They were like, screw first-round picks. We're going to trade uh, this first-round pick for this guy or that guy. And we got to trade it for Von Miller and bring him in, and, and, it, and it worked. And what they did in the offseason was all free agency. Mm -hmm. They managed to, to pick up certain pieces that they lost, like Allen Alan Robinson. Mm -hmm. Odell Beckham got hurt. We don't know when he's going to come back. So because of that uncertainty, Oh, Alan, you're still out there? Here, come come join a winning culture, winning team. Let's go. We're Super Bowl champions. Don't you want to be one? Right. Come and when they were able to do that, so they were they able get, to trade away uh, they, Robert Woods with that whole yeah. deal after, too. Yeah, they get Robinson, a younger receiver, a guy mm -hmm. that can come in, is a veteran still. Cooper Cup to team him up with him. Van Jefferson's going to get a bigger role now. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and then also Bobby Wagner. Like, this guy is going to be a menace for this defense over the middle. Not only can he cover, even, you know, he's above 32 years old right now. This guy can still cover and still hammer you over the middle. You try to run the ball, good luck. He's going to destroy you in the backfield. So I think not only did they get a, another big-time free agent, but also a guy who is going to further boost this defense like it needs it anyway. So uh, all in all, this team, top to bottom, doesn't have any weaknesses anymore uh, you know just like last season they kind of re retooled if you mm -hmm. will added a few pieces and now they're right back in the hunt once again uh got to be trending upward absolutely all right there you go and that's our team stock uh preview again just taking a look at them after the draft after some free agency and stuff seeing how they did uh Again, yes, some some high, some a lot of them I was low on. Again, just because maybe for me, again uh, expectations. Yes, uh, uh, maybe even if you look at uh, some teams, I looked at how they finished last year to where they are now. They're probably in a better situation. I probably could have did that but with the Giants though too. But the thing you is, know, like too, you were kind of thinking, I think. I don't. Uh, but I uh, 
again, I just don't expect a whole lot. So I, maybe that's what helps hinder my, here's, my, my situation here for them. Sometimes you have to compartmentalize from last season to this season because there's too many changes that happen. You know what I mean? Like for your team, for example, it's a new co- coaching staff, new GM, brought in different mm-hmm. pieces. Mm-hmm. And it might be just something that you need to get over the hump. Right. Listen, uh, you know, the Bills offensive coordinator comes over and he's going to help Daniel Jones. Not only did they make that offensive line way better, but even if you have injury-riddled receiving core, even if that happens, they don't need the elite Kenny Galladay to be elite. They Mm -hmm. don't need that. They just need guys to get open, catch the ball, and that's it. Mm -hmm. So with Saquon Barkley coming back, I feel like with this offensive line, with the way the offense is going to be run – it's not going to put too much pressure on Jones. It's not going to put all the pressure on Barkley to be just the guy. It's going to be dispersed throughout, and you're going to notice a different type of team. You're going to notice a, a better playing style for them. And that could be said for a lot of other uh, teams for this upcoming season. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of changes that have happened. Mm-hmm. You know, Whether it be coaching staff, whether it be personnel, or whether it be just a whole mindset. So... There's a lot of variables, of course, that go into our decisions. Mm -hmm. But the hardest part is to kind of not necessarily completely forget about last year, but you got to take it like a grain of salt from last season because things have changed. I hear you. And again, but the the thing that goes through my mind again, uh, when you do have questions, and again, if you are thinking I got on, answers. The, on the, the time for stock markets and stuff like that, just like you saw with even the, the Virginia with the, the thing to do the move here with the, the, the commanders. If there is any doubt or something like that, you stay away from it. You're not buying it. Your stock is just going to be low. It's just going to sit there. But that's when some guys will, like you said, forget about last year. I see a lot in this. The stock's low. I'm buying it on this because I think the dividends would be better yeah. off when it pays off it right in around the end. A bigger return. Every single season, so, guys, there's we always go. a surprise team. Yeah. Every single one. Absolutely. So that's it. That's our show for tonight. Dude, we made it two hours. How about that? Check it out. Way to go. Way to yeah, stretch it out, buddy. Still, yeah. All right. Go. Cool. I, hopefully that wasn't drug out too far <laughs> for everybody. Uh, and you guys enjoyed the show. Don't forget, you can also uh, check us out here on Spotify and all every place that you can listen to We're on Spotify uh, video. We're yeah. on YouTube. We mm-hmm. are on Facebook. Anywhere you get your podcast, guys, Google podcast too. Yeah. And don't forget Android people be interactive with us. Drop a question. Drop a thought. Drop anything. Fantasy football. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, that's what we're here right. for. We're here to bounce ideas off each other. We're here to start some conversations that just like you're at a bar. You yeah. Know? yeah. And that's how we started. Yeah. We started absolutely. at a bar. Talking about football, and they were like, you know what? Hey, you want to do a podcast? Sure. And it evolved to what it is today. So thank you guys for all the support. Mm -hmm. Listen, if you do us a favor, hit up any one of your friends, family, relatives, anybody that loves football, have them come swing over. Head over to YouTube. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell to let you guys know when we go live. You can also become a member on Facebook. And then... uh, Anywhere you get your podcast. But thank you guys so much. Thanks to all our sponsors out there. Thanks to everybody that has supported us through these years. This is our fifth year, guys. It's pretty crazy. It is. And we keep it rolling for you. So listen, let's have some more fun talking football next week. All right. See you guys. Join us next week from 8 till 10 Wednesday night for more football on the know with Jim and Joe.